Yeah, go ahead. Welcome to the Inebriated Debrief, coming to you live from the Peach State Bunker Studio. I am once again here with Dr. Jerry Payne. Cheers. And we've got our guest. Uh, this will be our first, not not completely military uh, guest, uh, but civilian. Nick. Yes, yeah, civ- we'll say civilian, third estate, as they like to say. Uh, Nick, and I don't want to butcher the last name. Pereira. There we go. See, I would have thrown that Shit. straight into the garbage, so that's why I did not say it. <laughs> yeah, appreciate one. you being here, man. Appreciate it, too. Uh, I mean, we've been hanging out the uh, last couple months, and so you've been telling me about this podcast. I always thought it was interesting, so I appreciate the invite. Dude, absolutely, man. You've got some, um, you definitely have some interesting stories that we'll get to and just stuff that you do, so... You know, I, you know, like I, I was kind of explaining to you, this is a, you know, there's a military center to this podcast, but it's not specific. So love getting people involved um, that are doing other things out in the community and that just have a good story and then have funny stories. So you, my friend, definitely uh, meet that criteria. <laughs> so glad to have you here, man. Um, so can I ask you something without being uh, offensive? Correct. I hear you know the, like the slimmest possible accent when we were speaking before the show. Yeah. Are you originally from the States or are you from elsewhere? So I was born in California. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Los that's Angeles. another country. <laughs> There's the accent right there, California. But I lived my whole life in Colombia, in South America. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so dad's from Colombia, mom's from California. And when I was one, moved down to Colombia. Right on. Spent most of my youth down there, graduated high school down there, uh, went to study in Florida, uh, went to college in Florida. Where'd you go to college? In uh, FIU. FIU. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the, uh, the Florida International. 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 Great. They've had a, like either a good basketball team or a good football team the past couple of years. I don't know if sports was a, a big thing when I was there, but... I think I, they made it to March Madness this year, didn't they? That, I think that's FAU. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes more. That makes way more sense. Could be as well. Shit, I mean, the big, the big school down there is UM. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I got, I got a little bit of an accent. Depending on where you're from, people say I either either got a Latin accent or an American accent, but that depends on who I'm talking to. Yeah, but you fit in in any room. Yeah, correct. There it goes. I fit well, in in redneck so circles. You can, roll, <laughs> hey, you can roll to either one of the Americas, no problem. Exactly. There we go. So uh, this is the, uh, the Inebriated Debrief, so uh, just kind of give you a heads up. We are drinking on a little Fiddler tonight, a little special edition chin music from yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the Braves World Series win. This is the first um, I've tasted this. This is nice. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Pretty little, damn good. Got a little heat to it. I figure, you which know. Which I appreciate. The Braves are on a, uh, a good run right now, so throw a little. Are they? They are, man. So I know they won. All right, so they well, only played. the start of the season, man. Like 18 and, 18 and 9. Like that's okay. Yeah. Something, that's a... I mean, they got smoked by the uh, the Padres, wasn't it? It happens. And then somebody's another team. I think the Astros did some damage when they came through town. Uh, the, the Astros took three. And, yeah. and, and the unfortunate part about that was the. The Braves actually outplayed them. The bullpen lost it all three games, if I'm not mm. mistaken. Well, they got the rain delay games and canceled games this weekend. So well, they got that first game. Played, uh, they they played break, five. Yeah, played. So, hey, Max got him a win. Mm-hmm. Braves got him a win. Mets fans are pissed. So Keep it moving. it's a win all the way around. Double header tomorrow. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And then another one, I think, on uh, August 12th. So, you know, look, they're starting the season off great. Unlike the Braves, they usually had a slow start. So we'll drink to their honor. Cheers, boys. Yes, sir. Shop on. What do you think, Nick? Did you try it yet? Yeah, it's really good. Not bad, man. Yeah. The, old, the old maple staves in that thing. So so I've got a bottle of this that I've said I'm not going to open until the Braves win another World Series. So it's nice to drink your whiskey instead of my own. <laughs> Thank well, you for that. That's still in stores, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to get some. Don't hold back. But, Fiddler, uh, if you want to send a couple bottles. Oh, dude. They, you look, Fiddler, if you guys want to 
ASW, if y'all want to sponsor this, we'd love to have you on. So just let us know. Mm-hmm. Gladly drink this every time. Joined here by Fiddler Chin Music. Yes, sir. <laughs> we got a chair for you. Pull it up. Lubing up the pipes. Yes, sir. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we'll kick it off with some current event stuff, man. Um, I don't know to what extent, but I know I've seen that they're trying to pass the uh, the, the the men's and women's sports or bill or the I don't know how what if it's called the trans bill or whatever the hell it is, but that's kind of going through. It's got more to do with Title Nine, and it's like you know trying to get men not to compete in women's sports, right? That's yeah. basically the thing. They've been talking about this for years. I don't think it's ever going away. I think it's going to continue to just be a back and forth thing. Uh, but down in Florida, I think statewide, there's a ban on biological males competing in women's sports. So they're at least getting their foot forward. I think they did it. it. I think um, did Arkansas. I think Sarah Huckabee may may just instated that as well. Sounds about right. There's a couple couple states starting to kind of put a lockdown. But it's it's unfortunate, man, in all honesty, because. Why are we even having this conversation? Like, regardless of what you think, what you feel, who you are, like that, do do you leave the kids alone? Let people make decisions when they're eighteen to do things on that level as well. But like, where's the argument to say like I understand you may want to be one a, a different gender, but like you've got to scientifically understand that there is a difference. That as a dude, born a dude, the body is just built different, so it is an unfair advantage. Well, the the thing they always point to is you know in a hundred years right they'll find bodies and it won't matter if you had breast implants or altered your uh downstairs genitals yep your bones that tells a story yep good luck trying to change that i, I guess you could and there are dudes who make like get like height surgeries where they lengthen their shins and stuff I, look you can do stuff to like I, but even then if, i think if you went full transition i think biologically i mean, I mean you've got a, the amount of like suppressors and testosterone suppressors and estrogen and all the crap that you got to take do it like it's still like they would still know yeah. so if you went hardcore 100 into it where every aspect of you is changed and you're taking all the all the chemicals and shit you need to do it a doctor or a scientist could literally draw blood and be like you were born this sex well i mean back to the to the main point it's like leave the kids out of it right and That's, like it let high school girls compete against other high school girls i mean what are we doing well, when, college and professional too. I mean, like, what well, you know, there was the one, the one male like UFC fighter that was yeah. fighting, and like KO in these. Like, come on, dude. Like, now I'm not saying there aren't a couple of women that I, I could get in a ring with that wouldn't absolutely like probably pummel my face because I don't. But here's do the that thing. professionally. But as a professional, professional in the same sport, if you're a dude and you're professionally trained in that sport, you will always beat a female. So how did that of, end? Of, of your, your how did how did that life. end? Does, does that person not compete anymore? Because UFC is still. Doing big business. People didn't boycott it or anything. I don't know if that was UFC, was it? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know if it was UFC. I think it was like under, but it was still like pro. Mm. Um, I Look, believe, people, but either way. We see, we're seeing this right now. I mean, people will vote with their dollars on whether they want to support something or not. And, you know, that's why I don't get too bent out of shape about this stuff, man. It is, this, these things come and go. But the problem is, you know, you've got adolescents, children making life-changing permanent decisions based on the current trend of wanting to change. <laughs> Fit in the, now. Yeah. This is apparently fitting in. Man, so. I saw a meme. It's so good. And, and me, it always sucks when you try to describe a meme and you can't you know, see it. But yeah. it was like, baby boomers, I can't believe I wore bell bottoms. Gen Xers, I can't believe I was into punk rock. Uh, millennials, I can't believe I wore skinny jeans. And there's Gen Z, I can't believe I cut off my dick. And <laughs> it's like, well... There we are. Ain't no coming back from that. Nick, you're from California. What the hell's going on? 
Not much. I mean, <laughs> I've definitely lived a, a life where I've bounced around and seen seen a lot. And so it's an interesting topic. I think it's definitely controversial. It's political many times. So every so often you'll see it in the news pop up and then go away. Yeah. But but for the most part, uh, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, there's certain... Uh, in the sports arena, I think there's some unfair advantages depending on how you how you see it in terms of strength and speed and agility that, that may play out. And so um, there will always be someone pushing that boundary, and, and it's up to the masses, I guess, to, to vote on that subject. I w- look, I'd like to point out the complaint isn't in the opposite. There aren't there aren't women that are trans that are becoming men saying we should be in their sports because they don't stand a chance. I would so, like so, to see that. So, well, yeah, but the problem just is, is one, you never will. One broad, <laughs> built like LeBron James, just yeah. shows up. Just absolutely. Like, so you'd never see it in, in the reverse. Yeah. Because they can't. If you are talking profession, I don't care what it is sport-wise, if a man is trained and a woman is trained in the same sport and put in the same amount of time, the man will always be better in that sport. Or, or that game or the athletic ability because their bodies are built more for it. Correct. Regardless if you're taking, you know, shit to help boost that up, you will always be better. Or even if you're taking stuff to suppress it, as you're seeing with the men, with, the, you know, like the, the male swimmer and all this, like, even when they suppress it, they're still built so much more differently that they're blowing. I mean, that dude, that swimmer was literally ranked like, I don't, I don't want to like completely botch them. I saw like 49 or 149 out of all like college USA swimmers. Transition yeah. became a female, and he was number one. And he's blowing out U.S. Olympic winners, silver medalists, or some shit like that, blowing them out, like beating their times. Yeah. And it's like, come on, come on. Well, so I don't think it has staying power. I think we're going through a weird. I think this is. I think a lot of the societal rot and decay that we see is a factor of the internet really becoming. So accessible and so, I mean, it just, it is a place for ideas, whether good or bad. Seeds get planted and then they just grow and you see what comes of them. And you're like, all right, well, that plant sucks. Fucking let that plant die and then the next idea will come up. And hopefully the next idea, and I see this a little bit for the next generation, is much more um, disciplined, much more dedicated to not ending up like some of the people. Then, of course, like half half of them are that way and then the other half are, you know, trying to put on the other gender's clothes and is be the next is. Instagram star. They said a new study just came out that high school kids, they're reporting one in four high school kids is now on some form of the LGBTQ spectrum. Well, how... Whatever. And I, all this to say, I don't care about, like, and I say this in like this, I don't care about that. So like, if you're on that, like, that's cool. Do you. And when you're 18, or if you want to emancipate, you can do whatever you want. And that doesn't mean if you're gay, you can't obviously date people. When you're, but I'm saying, as far as like really manipulation, like when you're 18, emancipate or whatever, do whatever the hell you want. But don't, don't use this stupid shit to to persuade kids and and whatever the hell you know they've kind of got going on. Nick, do you still travel internationally a lot? Yeah, correct. what you do. Okay, so what areas of the world do you find yourself in these days? Uh, bounce between Latin America and the and U.S. Is this as big of an issue in other countries as it is here? <laughs> It's, you're starting to see it, but it's still not as open or as everyday as it is up here. I mean, just and relating it to where I work right now, 
the kids we tend to work with, uh, they're in the age range of 13 to 17. And when they introduce themselves, they've got to say their pronouns. Mm. And so nowadays you see more and more items on that list, the he, she, it, they, and, and every day there's something else that they're relating to. In my opinion, it's just confusion. Like yeah. at that age, um, they're seeing a lot more than we might have seen in the 80s and things like that. And so uh, part of it is, like you're saying, the Internet. They're exposed to so much more that that I think they're just confused. It's that weird topic of if you actually uh, manage to potentially change your sex when you're young and then later on you realize, ah, oh, that was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. That's really bad. And so- there, there was recently, um, I want to say it was in Sweden or where's Denmark? Is that in Sweden? Somewhere like that. It was one of these European countries. Close by. There was uh, a guy who was transitioning to a woman, had the downstairs procedure. I'm not sure. I'm sure I'm getting all the proper nomenclature wrong. (laughs) Uh, But I didn't know this was how they did it. So he'd been on hormone suppressors his whole life. So his dick never grew. And And I guess what they usually do when they create a vagina is they use penile tissue to make the vagina. Well, there wasn't enough of it because the dick never grew big enough. And so they used part of his bowel to create a vagina that then led to a condition where he had flesh-eating bacteria and died. Which is just a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, and the, the I, somebody did that to themselves. The irony. Healthy yeah. people don't make these decisions, man. Ah. Oh, and I don't want to. I don't want to. There's a lot of material I'm gonna just leave on the table over there because that's you know sad. Person died, but it was self-inflicted. It's very, very sad. Very, yeah. very no, every, troubling I mean, times. There, well, look, there's a lot to be said about the you know you said the mental component of what that is. So I don't know. You know, and I I I, I back off that as much as I can. But I will say I definitely that is very much. I think the biggest component of that whole thing is because if I sat here and told you that I was Marty and Frank and Stacy and Steven and Jacqueline and or Jacqueline and this person, <laughs> you would say this dude's got, you know, multiple personality or dissociative identity or whatever it is. That's a disorder because he thinks he's got multiple people that he thinks. But if I just told you, I was like, no, I am Jacqueline. <laughs> then it's like, well, well you, you know, do you. And yeah. there's nothing, you know, so, you know, whatever, man. It, I think you're right with it feeds politics. It feeds talking points. It it is it's like. It's like fashion. It just comes around. All this shit constantly comes back around. You know, the one thing they've dialed back on the last year or so is race. You haven't mm. heard near as much about that. Yeah, we're all getting along, aren't we? Hey, so <laughs> give, it, about hey, that. give it another two years, <laughs> hey. and they'll be like, hey, you know, cops Cheers, hate. Cheers, boys. We cop, beat racism. Cops, cops hate minorities. We ended I'm sure racism. we won't ever have riots in the streets again. We, in, we ended Silly. racism with, with debate on trans, so there it is. That's all we needed the whole time. Just so. follow up on one thing. You know, we talked a little bit about the Bud Light thing. Uh, with uh, Dylan Mulvaney mm. and uh, how they had sent a personalized. So I, I found out more about this, right? Like they were celebrating this person's transition uh, of 365 days of one, womanhood. One, one year one, of womanhood. womanhood. Yep. So they made that one can and sent it to Dylan and did like a marketing campaign. And of course, the backlash is crazy. They fired a few people and they tried to make this other like. It's like a music festival scene, and it's raining, 
and Zach Brown is playing in the background. It's a 30 second ad. You know, these girls run up to this guy. They're all soaking wet. They got their shorty shorts and cowgirl boots on, and Buddy's there with it with the chicks. And no, there's no words in this. And they all are holding Bud Lights, and they're all cracking open Bud Lights. And it's like supposed to be that Americana, like, yeah, remember us, Bud Light? We're that shitty beer you drink when you go to country music <laughs> fucking concerts and remember the fratty, us? the fratty overtones <laughs> yeah, dude the, remember you. the uh the video has eight and a half million views on youtube and something like 174 likes now a few years ago youtube disabled like you can't see how many dislikes there are on a video anymore but i would love to know <laughs> 174 out of 8.6 million i don't know what I just wish I could see the back end of that thing. You probably check that comment section and see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's probably sure. good, it's probably disabled. I'm sure it's disabled. Yeah, somebody done disabled that too. And, on, on the, and the other thing too is uh, Dylan Mulvaney has not posted anything. Since Dude, this. he's gone. Well, so apparently he just. I didn't. And I didn't read into. Probably it, so got a nice check. He just spoke out about it because there were a couple people that have actually you know caught him in the streets, tried to interview him, ask him questions, and like literally just you know ran like a like a scared chicken you know to get away from him. like and it wasn't like overly aggressive they're like hey what do you think about it what about this what do you, and he just literally one of them there was like do not get in this elevator with me do not get in this elevator with me and like they stopped on the he's like i'm not getting it he's like i just got questions for you and like would not answer the question so it's what it is man like you want to raise give him credit that's exactly what he should do right now just yeah. let this whole thing lay over, then get back to your like day through four hundred and twelve. He's of... sponsored not only by Bud Light doing like so. Well, he's like got Nike, Nike and Tampax. He's got Nike, he's got Tampax. He's got Kate Spade. Um, Chilling on a big pile of money. Who there's like two or three makeup companies, I think. So, it, look, man, like it is. This all comes down to not only you say protect the kids, but if that is what you're pushing out as like womanhood, like that's super offensive to every woman out there, man. Like, and yeah. it should be like. I'm not saying you got to ride in the streets, but like they're pushing like this dude is literally getting money as a woman. Mm -hmm. Whereas like they're legitimate women that could be getting that sponsorship, you know, whatever. So you sound like a turf, a, Marty, a, a big, a big kick in the dick. You're a trans exclusionary radical feminist. <laughs> hey, you know, Marty loves I, I, bitches. I do. <laughs> I love the hose. Um, uh, all right. That so you feel. that's enough of that. Less we talk about that's a good rant. Less, less we talk about that issue on this show, the better. Uh, the Falcons just drafted Bijan. What's his last name? Robinson. Robinson. By all accounts, he's like the greatest human in the draft. He was he was the number two person prospect in the draft, I believe. I think yeah. Will Anderson was number one. Well, I mean, he's a great running back, but off the field, he seems like an awesome guy. Seems he's a locker like a room legit. guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, Falcons were really good at running last year. Leaning into it. I was great. Not, I was not upset with the they whole got a, draft. They got a tackle in the uh, second round, I think. Right? They got a. Yep. They got. Uh, they moved up. They're beefing round, up. They're, they moved up in round two. I think they got. Uh, where's he out of Syracuse or Stanford or something like? That. Anyway, they moved up. Got a tackle. Um, I like it. They're leaning into what was successful. Look, they were I, good at running the ball. Yep. Let's let's pound that fucking now, rock, look, dude. Look at your offense now. So you got Bijan Robinson. They're talking about as a generational running back. So essentially, you know, an Ezekiel Elliott type back. Um, you've got Kyle Pitts and you got Drake London. Mm -hmm. Then you've got a couple. You still got a Lama Day. You got a couple other receivers out there that are really good secondary, third, you know, and third receivers. But you've got a that's and you got Algier still in the back. So like, look, you've got all the weapons yeah, around. Desmond Ritter is going to be something. good. You got all the weapons around Ritter. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't think they're getting ready to win, but it will be fun to watch. I I would almost make a bet right now they win the NFC South. No. Yep. No. Who? Saints. Who does? Saints. Think so. Yeah. 
With Derek Carr? Yeah. yeah we'll see. We will. That's why I they think, play the games. I, we will. I think I think it's going to be uh, – I think they've done more to that defense than people realize. And I think the Falcons' defense is going to be – it's going to be a very interesting season this year. For the last time anybody was concerned about the Falcons' defense, Jesse Tuggle exactly. was on the field. Exactly. So that's the point. I'll believe it when I see it. All right, hey, look, Nick, here? tell the people what you do. Because I, I, I have a feeling you've got some stories. Marty's heard some of them. <laughs> I want to hear them, too. But let's give put us, it in the context yeah, give us of what you've background, man. What all, you, what all you've done to get yourself to this point? So my background is uh, business, business development, <laughs> business consulting, uh, just very generic. It's, I studied international business. It can apply to, to a full range. Um, when I first uh, moved up to the U.S., I was in the nightlife uh, in South Beach. That's kind of where I moved oh, to. Oh shit! So I applied my business to to musicians. I, I was. I don't man- even want to hear about international <laughs> travel stories. I want to hear Miami stories. <laughs> I mean, it's a how fun many place. Lambos have you done cocaine in? <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's a it's a fun place. It's a island unto itself, <laughs> and uh, and in general. Um, business there was fun until 2008 economy crashed and so at that point in time we had to find a a big boy job and that's kind of how i landed in in government contracting uh at that time uh i'd been dating a girl for a a officer in the air force okay uh ended up living in japan uh over by kadena air force base yeah uh started uh getting my feet wet with government contracting so I pause you real quick. So yeah. female officer, Air Force, she's probably a smoke show, wasn't she? I thought she was the U.S.'s secret weapon. <laughs> all right, you know what? All right, so uh, that's all I needed to hear. I had a feeling, but go ahead and continue. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> uh, interesting world. Always, always interested in the military. I got family in the military. Uh, it's not for me, but I, I appreciate the the cool toys. I appreciate <laughs> mm-hmm. everything you guys do, and so it's always been uh, fun to be close by. I was able to kind of use the business background to be by and develop entrepreneurial projects within that sector. And so so fast forward to the pandemic, things are pivoting. Uh, I've been working like everybody from their house in a, in a chair for years. And, and so uh, it was a chance to, to chase one of my passions, which is skydiving. So I was able to kind of shut things down, come up to Georgia last year, and uh, set this year apart for skydiving specifically. Right on. And so, and so being up here in Georgia, uh, a lot of skydiving talent. So there's a lot to learn up here. Uh, on my time off, I started joining up with uh, a behavioral uh, therapy wilderness program for kids. Oh, that's awesome. And that's kind of where we find ourselves right now. You ever so find a kid where you're like, hey, here's what you need to do is jump out of a plane. It's going to fix all your so problems. So like every single that's one of these kids. That's with a parachute, <laughs> by the way. That is with a parachute. We should note. Go ahead and man, mark that down. Every single one of these kids wants to, but they're not the age. So like, unfortunately, in the U.S., they can't until they're 18, Alabama 19. But uh, it, Alabama is weird like that. You can't buy cigarettes till 19 either. It's weird. I mean, the, every Plus state's got something you can fuck your cousin funny. when you're six years old. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Ain't no age limit on fucking what a cousins. State. What a state. <laughs> Yeah, a lot uh, of national championships over there too. Roll yeah, time. That's some. <laughs> oh, we did. We never got back. What happened in that? Uh, What's that? That NCAA March Madness Who? tournament. Yeah. yeah. What? Ooh, ooh, yeah. We look. They busted my bracket just just like everybody We're else. A football school. There we go. All right. So you just keep talking shit until the fall. Okay. So Nick, you were uh, obviously you know we've discussed and you told me some of the stories of of what you're doing now. You're telling us a little bit earlier. So 
some of the contractor stuff, man. Like, do you guys get any, you know, back, I guess back when you were doing that, any interesting stories coming out of there or what you were doing there? Um, so because of the history, I've had skydiving and then having had a history in contracting, there was a sweet spot where I was finding myself. I started a, a company that manufactured technical apparel. And so I was able to transition that from... What is technical apparel? So it's like anything that's not uh, normal jeans and t-shirts. It's a little bit tougher. So like Under Armour, oh, like okay, 5'11". Gotcha. Okay, it's gotcha. it's like sure. the machinery is a little bit tougher and the products come out a little bit better. Yeah. And Performance so, built stuff. Correct. Yeah. And so it's easy to, to knock on the military's door and say, hey, look what I have. Uh, many times... They're already in contracts with the big companies, but specific teams like special operations tends to always have a budget, and mm-hmm. they'll be like, hey, we're looking for this to- toy or th- this development. And so there's always fun projects you can work there. Uh, being down in Colombia, uh, there's a small special operations team, which the U.S. tends to pay for down there. There's always like uh, special operations and one guy in jeans and a T-shirt, which tends to be a U.S. guy with a credit card. <laughs> <laughs> They're so calm units, man. They got they always got a little extra money floating around, it seems. So you're down in Columbia. Are these uh, generals hitting you up and being like, yo, we need about 10 keys in <laughs> Miami tomorrow, 6 a.m.? It's funny. It's funny. I, it's slightly different than the U.S. The U.S. is an open book. Everything's by, by, the, by the, the rules and regulations uh, set by the FAR down there in Columbia. It's someone with a suitcase that doesn't want a receipt. It's, really? it's like, and and it makes sense to a certain extent. The the bidding process is super complicated down there, so special operations teams tend to have a locker full of cash that they got from somewhere wow. for their toys, so now, they can buy right. stuff a little bit quicker. So all these movies aren't lying. It's, <laughs> there's some real, there's some maybe. There is a little like That's shade right. of gray. So, have you ever been in like a situation where you're negotiating on a deal in a foreign country or something, and things felt like shit? This might go a little sideways. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was never that far in. Uh, I, I mean, there's movies like Lord of War and things like that. Yeah, that, that's what that I'm thinking. Right a now. little bit different. In my head, you're Tony Stark with. <laughs> The hands up and the explosion behind him, that gif. I wanted to get there. It was never that exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's uh, just simple teams. Uh, at the end of the day, like in, in Colombia, the military tends to be trained by the U.S. And so, and so the teams down there are not as advanced, but they're fighting something interesting. They're fighting the guerrillas in the mm-hmm. forest. They're fighting uh, narcos down there. And so... They are young kids that got pulled out of many times poverty. So some of these kids are scruffy. It's not like as organized as the U.S., but they're scruffy uh, guys down there doing some some interesting work. Uh, the stories that come out of there are really interesting. Um, many times uh, the U.S. is right there with them. You know, it's interesting. You only really get the – there's only really two ways to get, like, elite – fighters or just any profession really and it's like extreme discipline which i think we would say mm-hmm. special forces of the u.s military or just fucking survival right yeah. yep. you have no other opportunity but somebody plucks you out Correct. say hey we're gonna work on this yeah this is your opportunity you've been waiting for something and then i'm sure i'm sure you see some dedicated people yeah it's it's slightly unfortunate being uh from the u.s but but considering myself Latin as well, it's slightly unfortunate that the military down there doesn't tend to be in the, what you would call the enlisted phase, as nice or as uh, as important as you think it is up here. Up here, it could be considered a great job. 
uh, down there tends to be for someone who was in poverty that got plucked out and put into the military so they can help their family out or a situation mm. that's similar to that. So, so it's not as, uh, it's, it's not seen as awesome as it is here. Although I'm sure here you get every story as well. The people that went to the army just cause, yep. or the people that had family for generations and they went as well. So, so here you get a little bit of that as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, supposedly in our military, I, clearly I didn't meet th- this criteria, so I don't know. But there supposedly is like a, a financial level. Like if you or your family come from a specific financial, like you cannot be enlisted. Now you might be able to be an officer because officers are officers. But like in right. an enlisted ranks, like if, if you're George family, W. Bush, you're not yeah. going to be yeah. enlisted. <laughs> yeah, like if your okay. family, yeah. if your family's the Hiltons, correct? Like you're not going in. They're not going to allow Let's you because there's steps, such yeah. yeah because it's like <laughs> you don't need that money. Whereas right. like me, I like. I had to rely on that. Like right. I didn't want to get NJP'd or go to the brig because I lost money. Yeah, and I'm trying to earn more money in this short amount of time. But like, so I don't. I look. I don't know how true that is. But you know, I've met a couple people whose families did well, but clearly not to that extent. And then you've also met plenty of people that were, bro. They're getting eight hundred dollars, whatever it is, every two weeks. Yeah, whereas that's a come up. Yeah, they've never, you know, they haven't had so that. a lot so, of Dodge, Dodge Challengers that way. That's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of Hellcats running around there. Yeah. They get you in that zero percent financing, boy. <laughs> and that Lord. bonus to to hook you in. So Marine Corps doesn't do that. Oh, I nice. think there's one. There, there might be one or two jobs that do it. Yeah. Um, a buddy of mine joined the army, and even as a as an infantry guy, I think he got fifteen or twenty grand up front. They didn't offer me shit. Yeah. They're like, bro, you get to be a Marine, dude. Why the fuck would we offer you money yeah. when you get to be a Marine? I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, idiot. Um, Those bonuses come on, like, re-signing. Now, that's where they get you yeah, re yeah. and they're still not great. So in my field, I think if I re-signed into my field, it was like a $15,000 signing bonus. I, I, I was very close to going into um, EOD for a second. Like, I, I, was, I didn't want to go. I didn't want another, I didn't want another um, four years or enlistment. But I thought about it because the EOD signing bonus was like $96,000. And if I signed it overseas in Iraq, it's tax-free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as soon as I finished school after six yeah. months, bam, 96 k straight in the bank. Bro, I don't know what 96 k looks like. Yeah. I'm poor as shit. So that sounded great. Yeah. And then you realize what the fuck EOD's doing, you know. And I knew it. But you don't want to play with bombs? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. And yeah. then, and then, I, then the my dumbass dumb <laughs> decides to extend for free, and I end up playing with fucking bombs. Not not really, but, yeah. like, I'm out there with a metal detector searching for <laughs> no metallic and low metallic IEDs. <laughs> like yeah. one of them old men on yeah. the beach. So there's no damn water. Hey, no shit, Ain't dude. no girls in bikinis. They're like, hey, hey, fun fact, these IEDs don't have metal in them, so... <laughs> <laughs> While you're using that thing, watch where you step. Like, yeah, oh, that yeah. metal detector uh, looking for plastic explosives. Yeah, pretty much. No, that's fucking awesome. Ain't that a, it's damn a job shame. for everybody? So I did that shit for free, not free, but you know, yeah. damn, could have done that for you know at least another three years for ninety six k. Oh yeah, appreciate you, idiot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> military, military looked at me. Marine Corps was like, fucking idiot, fucking Mark. We <laughs> got yeah, him. We'll got one. You. Oh, you think just because you pick up on this deployment, you're making money? Nah, <laughs> dude. All right, so you've lived in the United States, clearly. Uh, Colombia, uh, Japan, briefly. Anywhere else? Uh, Central America. I lived in Nicaragua for a while. Okay. Um, bounced around a lot. So my my family in Latin America tend to be married to either, uh, like my aunts. Some of them are from the U.S. Some of them are from Central America, and one of them's from Colombia. So we my youth was bouncing around a lot. It's worldwide, baby. Correct. 
Um, where's your favorite place? It's weird. So like, if I like, if, yeah, I'll give you two to pick. Play, favorite place to live. Favorite place to visit. Um, the way I see it, living in Latin America or living in Colombia specifically is my favorite. You have a lot of fun. The culture is incredibly warm. But in the U.S., you produce a lot more. In the U.S., capitalism, it's good. You can produce a lot of money. In Latin country, it's great, but you have too much fun. Mm. And uh, and so it, the, the balance is the key there, bouncing around back and forth. If you get on a plane tomorrow, go anywhere. Yeah. Where'd you go? Amazon Jungle. Oh, shit. That's my favorite. That's all right. Yeah. You been there? Yeah, yeah, many times. That's Tom, some just... That's some fucked up shit, bro. Not not at all where I thought that answer was going. Yeah, no, that's built different. You said Amazon <laughs> Jungle, and my my first thought was Anacondas. This there. dude's got this dude definitely still knows Miami nightclub owners. This yeah. dude went straight to the jungle. All right, what did you do in the jungle? Tell us stories about Hiding the bodies Amazon and Jungle. Shit, dude. Uh, I How think, big uh, are the crocodiles? Are there crocodiles down there? Yeah, there are so, so, some big animals down there, and, and you're not the top of the food chain down there. Yeah, shit. things everything down there is trying to kill you, and and that's the fun part about it. So like. I believe, or this is just the way I think from from experiences that Latin, the growing up in the Latin culture was very healthy. So so when I grew up, alcohol didn't have that 21 and over age limit. So it wasn't a big thing. So so the youth grows up relatively healthy outdoors. And So you uh, didn't see alcohol as like, okay, one day, this is a bad thing. Correct. One day I'm going to get to do that bad correct. thing, and I'm going to do all the bad things. Exactly. This is how I view alcohol. <laughs> no, dude, we were doing alcohol way before 21. Well, of course. Yeah. And, and in, in Latin countries, you tend to have the people that drink, but in general, you might not have the the wanting as much as it is over here where you're getting a fake ID right away and yeah, you're doing yeah, yeah. That, that whole plan. So, so outdoors was where I was at. I grew up in the taking as many trips as I could, rafting, kayaking, mountain biking, and the Amazon jungles was one of my favorite. So, the Amazon jungle, I mean, I don't even, my geography isn't good enough to know. Is that in Colombia? South America? Yeah. So, it's the, it's the southernmost part of Colombia, but it also has Peru, Brazil, and Venezuela right on that. Uh, they all border uh, the Amazon jungle. And so, you can go actually to the tip and be in three countries at the same time in oh, that shit. river. Uh, but you can, every trip you go to, you could take a different trip. So just a week on the on the river, uh, on the Amazon River, uh, a week into, and stay with uh, some Indians down in the jungle, or like a really tough trip where even there's You can to go stay to. with some Indians in the jungle. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. Johnny Whiteboy from <laughs> Georgia is going to... Fair, very well. A, a pale face. Come hang out. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I don't that's... know, man. That doesn't sound shit. Like it'll work out. Let me my get my favor. boy Nick. <laughs> Bring me down. I love it. I, I had an uncle that was in the in the military, and and he's a hunter. He he lives in uh, in Washington, and and he always wanted to go. He had the stigma of Columbia for forty years. Never went, and and recently he's like, take me down there and take me to the jungle, and and we went down there, and it's a great time. Uh, there is the language barrier, obviously. Not everywhere in Colombia will speak English. That's one of those places that's a little bit uh, less tourist friendly. But there's plenty of tourism that'll get you there. The the difference between going with a local is you don't plan, you don't pay a prepackage. You show up there and you talk to the Indians that are there, and you're like, "Hey, take me on something fun." Oh wow! And then it gets a little bit more interesting. So, like, what what specific like fun? What what kind of fun are you having with these people? <laughs> I saw so like I'm big into culture and like uh, there's Ayahuasca. this uh, there's this sad 
uh, thing that I've seen over the years, which is the culture kind of uh, dying over over the last uh, 20 years where more and more Indian kids want to kind of leave their tribes. Uh, now you see them all with cell phones and jeans really? and whatnot. And so like little by little, that's I, I go back to kind of see the differences. Uh, um, it, it's sad, but at the same time, there is still culture. And so and so the fun stuff is to get off the beaten path and explore what they have to offer. Do you eat anything crazy down there? <laughs> it's funny because the, the real uh, jungly Indians, I guess you would say, because on the river, they're all civilized now. Like if you're on the river, those tribes no longer kind of maintain the same culture. But like the ones that are still in banana leaves and carry the pouches, oh, wow. they have all kinds of little things in their pouches. So like the, the coca leaf is the typical one that they'll have there. And it's almost like a Red Bull. Like you, you chew on that plant, it, it's a, it, it'll keep you with a good energy for, for a good amount leaves. of the day. There's another one <laughs> that's kind of like uh, chewing tobacco, but as soon as you swallow it, and they'll tell you don't swallow it, you're hallucinating. Whoa! So, if, so they'll you you can chew it, and it's kind of like uh, alcohol buzz. But as soon as you swallow it, they'll start laughing. They're like, "You swallowed it, didn't you?" And you're like looking up at the trees. Oh shit! <laughs> so so I mean, the way we look at the jungle is kind of like, wow, this is I, I could get lost here very easy. For them, the jungle is a supermarket everything's for a reason and, and it's really yeah they don't stand a chance in walmart yeah <laughs> that's so true maybe we do need to take a trip to the amazon then yeah what's the big and uh, look i don't have actual fear snakes i don't mind them yeah. spiders what freak me out a little bit more Too many you, ever see, you ever see an anaconda down there yeah How big? um so so you can see them at the villages like the, they have their areas pretty mapped out so they're yeah. like there's a a cougar over there. There's a anaconda in this area. There's crocodiles here. They, you can swim here. Like, funny story. We went there once, and we were hot. Like when you get off the airplane, it says 99.9% humidity. So right off the bat, it smacks <laughs> you in the face. Like you're hot, and and even on the speedboat going up the Amazon, you're hot. Even it, when you're traveling fast, the wind doesn't do it. So one of those trips where like we need to swim, uh, cool off. He took us this little cove, swam. Uh, went to the camp later. He's like, let's go get crocodiles. And so he took us back to the place where we were swimming. That is and a we're wild, like, that's like, messed up, wait buddy. A <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, don't worry, they weren't hungry. Wait, and we're like, well, what, what if one didn't eat the night before or something? Like, let's go get crocodiles. Was like, is that just a party trick? Y'all going to eat? No, part of it's educational. Part of it is uh, potentially for food. So, so if you're a tourist, uh, it's fun to go at night, shine the lights. It reflects off their eyes, yeah. and you can get right up beside them. There's big ones, small ones. Uh, it's all full of nature down there that that you don't see too much anymore. And so that's the fun part. I I uh, we talked about. Did we talk about the Boy Scouts when I was in the Scouts? One of our trips, we went to the Okefenokee Swamp and did like a canoeing trip through the Okefenokee. Okay. Yeah. Now. Clearly, Okefenokee's got its own craziness. Yeah, is that? It's clearly not the Amazon. Hold on. <laughs> is that Everglades or where am I thinking? No, no, Okefenokee is South Georgia. Everglades oh, okay. is in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, right. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I was so, thinking it was Florida. Yeah, Okefenokee is like South Georgia area. So like, sounds yeah. like some Florida shit. Yeah, right. It, well, it's, <laughs> it's on the border. So it's really right down yeah. there at it. So same I mean, swamp. <laughs> actually, part of it might be in Florida. So, yeah. um, but anyway, went down there and literally the whole trip was like I think it was a three day trip, so two nights. We're literally getting in canoes. And we're we're freaking canoeing through the through the Okefenokee Swamp, and then like we get out at certain areas, you set camp, got to put your um, like your food bags. You actually tie them up mm -hmm. and pull them up into the trees and shit like that, and post up. And then like they pretty much say like once you go to bed, you lock the you, you yeah. when you shut the tent, don't open it till morning time. Yeah. 
because they can't guarantee or not guarantee what out, what was out there. But sure, like same thing yeah. you said, man. Like you literally f- shine flashlights like middle of the night. They're just eyes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the day we picked up, you know, get there to get ready to take off. Like you literally go down to get your. They're like, hey, all the you know all the canoes are laid on the on the shore. Bro, there's a, there's a six foot alligator sitting right there. Yeah. Named Chip. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a giant bite mark taken out of his yeah. tail. Is why how he got his name, Chip. But bro is literally sunbathing. Yeah. Two and a half feet from the last from the last canoe, and they're like, "Yeah, just walk down there and get it." And you're like, "Fuck you, say?" Yeah. Like, bro, I'm you know I'm like 13. I'm like, bro, that that's an alligator. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, Chip won't bother you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't think you know Chip. <laughs> yeah. Just because you yeah. named Chip, don't mean you know Chip. <laughs> Might not even be his real name. There is a, uh, and I'm not sure if I'm butchering it, the crocodile alligator down there, but it's like w- at the local zoo there, but in the Leticia, which is the the main city down there when you fly in from the Colombian side, it's a, it's a local zoo, but it's not like a U.S. zoo that has safety precautions and stuff. The animals are just out there, and the big crocodile pen is just like a, a little bit higher than a sidewalk, what keeps you from, the, <laughs> from this crocodile, and you don't see it. It's just like in the little lake that's there and the the guy that works there comes out with a chicken and starts calling uh pocho the pocho is this uh, this dinosaur that's going to come out of the water and so like he puts the chicken up there and literally a dinosaur comes out of the water it's it's huge it's like a school bus like it's it's this huge huge animal and you're like Wow, that that's that's amazing. That those are the things that are fun to see. I've watched some of those Facebook videos of those doing like slapping water, and like the water you don't see anything. They're on the edge, like yeah. just boom, boom, slapping water. Yeah, and you're like, where's it at? And they're like, oh, it's out here, it's out here. And all of a sudden, like when it finally moves, because it's underneath, like slowly moving. Then all of a sudden, when it decides to actually attack, like all, you just see like waves, like and it's on land in no time. And these dudes yeah. are able; they know it's coming. I guess they you know they know so they back up. This thing's on land. And at them in no time, and they're just like, oh, here, throwing them a chicken, or here's a half yeah. a damn deer leg, or whatever the fuck. Like, dude, that is like, <laughs> by the way, like fucking dinosaur. Yeah. You've been driving today? Did I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw a deer on the side of the road on the way over here. I know, dude. I know you like to run over <laughs> wild animals. We've so, established that on this podcast. Dude, so speaking of me murking that cat a couple weeks back, uh huh. After that, like literally two days later after our podcast, smoked a bird. Going the <laughs> Damn, other son. the other direction. This thing, bro, this thing suicided me too, but it caught the front of my car. This thing flew in. It was just like that's a two of what kind of bird? I don't know. A little, little brown bird, man. But like two of them were like a were, thrasher. You killed the state I don't bird. Think, no, I think it was more of like a it wasn't it wasn't a thrasher. It wasn't as big as a thrasher. But this thing, like these two were flying You're together. A menace. And these things, hey, these things are like like Love goose birds. and maverick, bro. One broke one. left, the other broke right. Well, the one that went right. Oh, you own a bird? No, I'm just saying those were lover birds. Oh, you took oh, yeah, one yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, well, oh look, yeah. look, they should have separated. A widow. Like I said, one dude, one went left, one broke right into the two grill of my damn. Two weeks. That's a trend. I told you that yeah. forerunner. Well, I seen I seen twice, a deer man. on the side of the road, like basically right right before I pulled in. There was a dude driving a lawnmower on the road. Which, he probably hit it. Nah, I, don't, I, I mean deer are dumb, but they ain't that dumb. He was just mainly in my way. Uh, sounds about right. God, yeah, it sounds like we're out in, in in the boonies, but we're not. Nah, you're definitely firmly in suburbia, but there's still some heavy redneck tendencies around here. Yes, sir. Uh, speaking of redneck tendencies, you find rednecks anywhere, right? Yes. So, have you ever? What's the most redneck shit you saw out of people either in Colombia? I would love to hear about some Japanese redneck shit because <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it exists. <laughs> That's funny. Um, man, the closest thing I can relate to Japanese rednecks are like this culture of like, uh, I don't know what, 
they're they're like in jeans and grease back hair, almost like the old fifties. Uh, oh shit! With like the cigarettes rolled exactly, up in their t-shirt that's, that's, sleeve, and it's Hell a whole yeah. community. And, James, and they're all Japanese. Yeah, they're all standing at the park all day oh, smoking their cigarettes, my God. living the fucking that life. Outsiders, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. the outsiders love in this. Japanese. <laughs> Let's go. It's all about the the different pockets in Japan. Uh, I, Fortunately, where I was at, uh, Okinawa is super cultural, so it's still you, you still will manage to see the kimonos and little wooden shoes and stuff like that. But you go to Tokyo, you see some, some if fun, I could, more dude, interesting things. Dude, if I could see a Japanese pony boy, <laughs> it's fucking game over. Stay dude. golden. Stay golden, my man. That would be yeah. fucking hysterical. Yeah, just like a denim jacket. and Are uh, they snapping? Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm Walking gonna, with leather jacket, dude. Yeah. Absolutely on, man. I've got a picture somewhere. I mean, I know uh, this isn't on video, but it, it's a picture that it's literally that. It's the, the guy that's looking back at their snap. The switchblade yeah, comb yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah, just yeah. pow, fires the comb. <laughs> dude, oh, dude, I would pay good money to actually see what that. What a gato. Let me see if I can yes, find uh, it. How many languages do you speak? Uh, just the two. I mean, English and Spanish. Okay. I didn't speak either of them well till I was uh, like, I don't know, eight, eight years old or something because my dad spoke to me in Spanish, my mom in English. So I butchered both languages till well into my youth. And so uh, now I speak both of them fluently. And little by little, while I was in Japan, I did learn um, how to get along. You learn beer and bathroom, stuff like that really quick. And, and, uh, but it's conversational. So like the, the less you do it, the less it sticks with you. So, and then lat, uh, just speaking Spanish in general, uh, it's easy to understand Portuguese and Italian and, and things like that. And so, yeah. Portuguese is a fun one. That's uh, it's like Spanish, but it's not right. It's like it's a Latin developed language, yeah. Correct. Yeah, they, well, they all, all are, stem but... from the Latin branch, and so they, there's words that that are very similar with different accents, basically. Got you. All right, so we're 45 minutes in here, and what I'm learning is that you've been to a lot of great places in the world. Like, I want to hear, I want to hear a fucked up story. Like, not a fucked up story, <laughs> but I want to hear, I want to hear a story like. Do people in the on the Amazon in Colombia do they get like you said they had the coca leaf like do they get yeah. wild what are they drinking down there? I mean it's it's so like the more you travel and and I'm not sure if you guys uh, are different deployments and things like that the the more you travel the more you see the more you see the more you get used to noticing that that we are all one on a tiny little bubble in the middle of space and so. Yep. Uh, things are similar everywhere you go. You can go to a bad block in the U.S. You can go to a bad sure. block in any other third world country as well. And so uh, that's where everything is similar. Um, there tends Colombia. One of the the big things that I've carried with me my whole life is Colombia tends to be one of these places where you don't trust them up front. You build trust over time. I believe the U.S. is a little bit backwards where you trust everybody. And then mm. yeah, I, I think in Georgia, I, I don't know how many people, you just walk by them and they say hi to you. And I was like, I, I don't know you, but hey, you know, friendly people everywhere. And You, so, skept you skeptically trust people here. Yeah. It's like, I may trust you, but it's like, I'm waiting for you to prove me wrong, but I'm giving you the trust first. Correct, Whereas correct. a lot of people are like, no, you earn it in the back end. And that's yeah. just, I'm, I'm sure that's, that's locational as well here in the States, but in the South, it generally seems to be more, it is a friendlier area. It's friendly. It's, hey, how you doing? But also, no trespassing. It is. <laughs> that's, oh, and, that's, and, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't even, I was not going to talk about this today, but just quickly, I fucking can't stand when you hold a door for someone oh, yeah. and they don't say thank you. 
And this fucking dickhead today, dude, <laughs> walking out of the gas station, man. Like, I'm walking out, and this dude's literally like 15 steps away. So it wasn't even like an easy hold. <laughs> Excuse me. Like, it was like an, an additional like five-second hold for him to get through the door. Yeah. And so, like, I look at the dude. He walks in, doesn't say, like, looks at me, puts his head back down, and walks in, doesn't say a fucking word, dude. That motherfucker. <laughs> and so I turned around, I was like, you're welcome. Yeah. And he was like, he kind of looked back. He's oh, like, you what? got all confrontational? I said, no, that's not confrontational. I said, yeah, yeah. and he said, what? And I said, it's confrontational. I said, right I said there. you're welcome. <laughs> and he kind of just gave me a look, and I just kind of shook my head like, you just motherfucker, dude. Speaking like, of your neighborhood, uh, there is a gas station nearby that has a, uh, what I really admired. I hadn't noticed this until tonight when I drove over. I, I admired what they've done because they got one of them. They had one of them cast, gas station car washes, right? Nobody ever uses because those things scratch your car up. Don't use gas station car washes. They never clean the brushes. So all it takes is some asshole to come through there in a muddy truck, and now you're getting slapped with rocks on the same brushes. Uh, So anyways, they had taken their car wash, and they have transformed it into another business. I love these people's entrepreneurial spirit. The business's name is Smokers Paradises. So (laughs) spelled with a Z. In case you can't tell, shout that, out that Smokers the Paradise. Is that at the shell? That's right uh, at the red light. It's yeah. I mean, it's right out here. When on you the, take a when you yeah, take a yeah, left, yeah, it's yeah, the that's one that's the right one. there. That's at the, the end one. Of the, yeah. yeah. Okay. It used to. You can tell. It used to be the car wash, and yeah. now they're selling bongs. So congratulations to them. Good times. Shout out to them. Look, you know, <laughs> you, you find a you find a need and you fucking fill it. All right. Yeah. You won't tell me about um, Indians getting getting drunk or like what do they drink? They got to be drinking something in the jungle. Yeah, Ain't no way have, you can be around that many mosquitoes. Their elixirs. So, so none, none of it is like what you would buy in a store. They, of course. They, they, everything that they have is made from roots and, and plants that they mix up. Probably closer. I mean, no matter where, where you go, have you ever seen that or heard about that drink that the ladies kind of put in their mouth, they chew on it, they, they chew on the leaves, spit it, and that's how it ferments? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, oh. it's pretty famous in most of the Andes. It, it's called like chicha. Chicha. But, uh, but they have their... Have you elixir. had chicha? Yeah. Now, How are these it? are these women smoking hot that are chewing this, or is this like grandmas? Like <laughs> this is grandmas. This is oh, uh, they're man. missing most of their so teeth. You, and so it's, it's hey. so it's hang on. But it's fifty aged. years ago. It's aged fifty years before ago. Before it's aged. Correct. Correct. Okay, my man. Okay, fifty but, years ago. Yeah, they were banging. That's all right. Look, I'm just curious. I want to know, but so I'd like to know. That, all right, that's seventy year age before it ever gets aged. They're not even chewing Sign it. They're gumming it. Me they're, they're, up. Yeah. They barely have teeth anymore. Okay. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> I like that. All right. So Miami. I know I can get something good out of you, Matt. <laughs> Tell me the like the worst shit you saw in Miami. Uh, Miami is fun. Yeah. But how long did you live there? Uh, ten years, and then I you went back a couple some times. Shit. Yeah, yeah. You have seen some shit. I've only been to Miami a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, for work, and so I've got to see, I've got to see the top tier tertiary. Like, oh, yeah. I'm the tourist. I came in. Yeah. Somebody else is paying for all this. I can <laughs> do a lot of things and have a lot of fun. Yeah. But when you're there, you know, it's like, man, there's there's some shit. Some shit is happening around here. Yeah. And I just can't see it right now. So what? You were working in the nightlife in Miami. Yeah, I mean the the big thing there is if you live there, you know everyone because South Beach is a small island. Mm-hmm. Basically, South Beach is a tiny group of people, and then people that come in and out every week mm-hmm. for a vacation. It's three days or five days or a little bit more, but they're there and then they're gone. So the people that stay there, you know them all. Little by little, you're in every nightclub. Little by little, you you meet the who's who, and you'll never have as much as the next person and stuff mm. like that. And so what you do see there is 
different lives, different uh, ways of living. There's uh, a pocket for everything. I mean, uh, one of these, uh, I'll go into a, a story that always kind of stuck with me, but basically we were, again, managing musicians at the time. We had this contract with a swingers club. Uh, oh, shit. We would show up at 5 a.m. with turntables and stuff like that. You booked Diplo at the Orgy House. <laughs> we were Diplo at that moment. <laughs> but basically, we show up. This is a huge warehouse. This is a warehouse with rooms. Every single room has something different. The rooms are are the pool room, the massage room, the sex room. The like. There's a little bit of everything. And so uh, we're in there in every room. Like If you had to go set up in the sex room, you basically had to move people out of the way to set up your turntables. That stuff was kind of messed up. Uh, but one of the most messed up ones we saw was like the S&M room. The S&M room, oh, you kind of like, one of the times we were there, there was an old guy, he must have been like 80-something, and he is strapped to a wooden uh, wall, leather straps and whatnot. He was basically naked, but people would go past him and put cigarettes out on him. Oh, that, that, shit! That was his thing. <laughs> so... Mm. Like that motherfucker is probably worth ten million. Just so like, that night, the up. dude basically passed out. Like we were like, that guy's dead, and, and like the the nightclub basically puts him in a cab and sends him away. Like oh shit, we're like did he die? Did he not die? But what? so was it a, was gone. it like an ecstasy pass out or was no, no, it like from the burns? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He he could have died. I mean, we don't know. They just kind of put him in a taxi and and sent them away quickly. Damn, so son. you know, it's I got it's, a new life goal. I want to get rich enough to be eighty years old and strapped to a wall <laughs> in a nightclub in Miami. We got different goals because um, there's a lot of weird shit I'd get into. Yeah. After that first cigarette burn, I'd be ready to kick somebody in the face. Uh, I'm like, nope, that. You know what? I, yeah. I you know what? Get me down. I can, I can, I can understand the perspective. I think I'd like to understand the perspective. I've had a cigarette put out on me. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. I, I do not need that fucking until I pass out. Seems like a bad time. Yeah. It's awful, bro. Because like, look, it, it hurts, but it's not ungodly. But it burns and it hurts enough because it's pinpoint. We're like, you can handle one, but it still fucking sucks because yeah. it takes a minute to put a cigarette out. Correct. Well, and it's also going to last another month or two. And then it, and then it lasts. <laughs> and then you talk about, dude, you might, dude, I would rather go jackass on them and like yeah. literally line up like probably like shirtless and just let somebody rip a whole fucking canister <laughs> of paintballs at me and be yeah. done at once. Oh, yeah. And then be and then be over with it because yeah, each burn takes, you know, three to five seconds to burn you yeah. or longer before it's done. And then you get the residual. Yeah. Yes, no. In this case, this is like his thing. Like and, oh. and everyone that's what I'm I'm talking about. Everyone down in Miami specifically has their thing. It's like uh it's it's like you see you, you start learning what your boundaries are by being somewhere where the boundaries made you uncomfortable. You're like you think you're and especially when you're young, you're like, Oh, I'm I'm the king of the world over here. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, 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 that's not my thing. And yeah. things like that. And that happens all the time down there. The, the the more money people have, the weirder shit gets. That tends to be the the world down there. I'll tell you, the, uh, so I've been to Miami a couple of times for work. We were covering the Super Bowl. And my boss, his parents came over from Cuba, right? So he knows, he knows Miami. He knows Cuban food, Cuban culture. Like oh, yeah. his name, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, his name is great. I'll tell you later. Uh, but man, we had the best Cuban food oh, yeah. while we were down there. The yeah. best food in the world is Cuban food, and I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah. And that coffee, woo! That yeah. Shit is that shit is nitrous? 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and even then, like when you start getting out there in the Caribbean area too, just just the shit that they do as far as like true coconut cream. Yeah. Is di- like watching them whip up like cream, like coconut cream for coffee. Unbelievable. <laughs> so like when we went to Jamaica and did <laughs> I didn't a, even know that was a thing, dude. When we went to Jamaica and did a, uh, a mission trip out there, dude. The co- so the coffee was incredible. Yeah, but the fucking coconut cream that went in it was even. It was like butter. It was like <laughs> buttered cream, and, and like, it was unbelievable. Yeah, damn. Um, so like that's just like it's just one of those things, man. Like, if you're not around it, you don't see it. Like you don't r- really understand it. And the food we got there in Jamaica was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, we actually had a chef that like cooked for us morning and night. And uh, she, her name was Barb, Barbara. She was shout amazing. Out Barb. Yes, shout out Barbara because <laughs> I told her I was like, "What do old, that's like I was an old still white in, lady name?" I know. I was still in school, and I was like, "What do I got to do to get you to come back to the states with me and just cook for me?" Every because this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, we had I don't know, like we had Callaloo, which I'd never had it until we got down. It's essentially like greens, like collard greens, some type of like collard greens down there, but dude. That and then Bammy's, and Bammy was a root based. Um, just a, a root base, but it looked like bread. So it looked like they would turn it into biscuits. They turned it into like flatbreads. <laughs> yeah. But it was called bammies. And it was this root bait thing that she would bake them. Bro, that with the Callaloo was unreal. Yeah. All right. So tell me again. You said your your mom was from California. Dad was from Columbia. Columbia. But he was very American, too. So basically, my grandfather was in the military, Colombian military. Back in the days, there was a big civil war. When that broke out, he moved his kids to Miami. Yeah. So I almost consider them like the fir- first illegal immigrants in Miami <laughs> before the Cubans. <laughs> yeah. they, their stories when they grew up there were, were, were great. It's just four kids that were dropped off and uh, living those stories uh, of immigrants in the U.S. I was going to ask, like, what's like the the dish that mom would make? But she's probably just making like Kraft mac and cheese because she's a California girl. <laughs> But like, like culturally, food. What is what is your favorite? And, I and mean, like, what's a what's a what's a dish? Yeah, like what's something if I see it on a menu yeah. somewhere? There's two standards. Like the like, if you're uh, feeling manly, you eat something called a bandeja paisa. That's like seven different things, like three or four different types of meat, um, arepas, which are like little oh, yeah. pastry whatnots, and and chicharrón, which is pork rinds, and, and they don't just serve like the crunchy part, but they serve the crunchy part, the fat, plus a chunk of meat on oh, it. And so there's like, it's Ooh. a manly plate. Oh. I mean, it, it takes a lot to eat it. You, you, when, you're, when you're done with that, you're you're hurting for a little bit. Hell yeah. And then the ajiaco is like a normal chicken soup, like a, a good hangover soup. Ajiaco. Yeah. Uh-huh. So is the chicharron always like a pork rind with the fat and the meat? or Yeah. Okay. Uh, the restaurant style, um, it, it's very different than an American <sighs> package of pork rinds, which is just the crunchy fried thing that you can get in the in the gas station over here. Over there, it's like right off of a pig, and you get every part of it. They, and crisp, that, they yeah. crisp that skin, cook Correct. that fat, and then Correct. let you get a little meat in them. Oh, yeah. man, dude, sign me. There's nothing oh. healthy about it, but the, the culture loves it, and uh, it's, it's a staple on many plates. Dude, healthy, look. We're talking about eating, man. There's not health. Health is not a a fact, <laughs> especially here in America. Yeah, clearly, yeah. but uh, I mean, clearly, what do we get? The um, the Cuban yep. sandwich is, is, is correct, and they're delicious. Yeah, so good. They're, they're delicious, so and good. and where you get them from? They're weirdly enough, they're different. You know, I, I guess whoever makes them, but you know what? They're the, be- the best part yeah. of those sandwiches. It's not the pork. It's not the bread. It's the fucking pickles and the mustard. And I don't know why, right. but it is so. Fucking nice to have the pickles and mustard on those sandwiches. No, I'm all about c- 
Colombian coffee, but the Cuban coffee that goes along with those Cuban sandwiches. Yeah, the what they little call it, like shot, a the little cortadito. Cafecito or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a shot, but it's it's literally packed with sugar. It's Ooh. like a it's like syrup basically. Yep. Yeah, that thing is good. Yeah, yeah, it's like a damn. Uh, what do you call it? like a um, espresso? Yeah, well, espresso. I was thinking like a like a full like Hershey Kiss sugar bomb on top. Yeah, exactly. Kind of deal, like, just sweet as can be. Yeah, it's good. Look, as long as they're not putting butter pickles on them damn things or sweet and sweet and sour, whatever they are, like we're good, man. Dude. I like yeah. a spicy pickle. Yeah, dude. Spicy dill. That's where at, dude. Do not sweeten a pickle. What the fuck is wrong with you? I'll I'll rant about that for days, but we'll continue. Um before we roll into some of his, just curious, because you asked it earlier. Jump on a plane right now, man. Where are you going? Ooh. Uh brought that all the way back around, oof. man. Anywhere in the world? Yeah, man. Probably like Iceland. Finland, something like that. That's a good run. Go chill out there and jump in some hot springs. Oh, you know what I did? I did something that I've always wanted to do, and like lots of podcasters talk to, talk about this. Uh, so this is a healthy place to bring this up. I did cryotherapy yesterday. Ooh, nice. Okay. I went over here to Icebox in Woodstock. I had a, I'm training for an endurance event right now. Nice. And so I did like a three-hour hike. It was not even that big of a deal. I didn't need it, but I was like, I'd seen this online special. I was like, ah, you know what? Let me go like just see what this is about. It's 50 bucks. And I went in there, negative uh, 220. And they give you options, right? They go, it's like, starts at negative 160, and then it goes to negative 220. And the lady's like, what do you want to start? What do you want to do since this is your first time? I'm like, I want my money's worth. <laughs> make that shit as cold as you can fucking make it. Did you get the, like the gloves and the socks or some yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They put you wear sock like knee high socks. Um, you wear uh, slippers, gloves, and I think she was supposed to give me a mask, but she didn't because my nose hairs definitely froze while I was in there. It's kind of <laughs> awesome. Uh, I could. It's three minutes at negative two twenty. I could have stayed in longer. I really felt like I was like, yo, I'm built for this. Well, there's and a I difference. Liked it. So the thing about cryo is that it's more it's more air temp than, and that's what makes like that because. You throw a shit ton of ice. Oh, I think in a water. polar plunge is infinitely harder than yes. this. Okay. You throw ice in the water, and yeah. like that water doesn't go. Like the cryo is great because like it's cold yeah. air like surrounding you. Like it's it's not as shocking as it doesn't, that damn it doesn't, water. It, I didn't feel like my body's core temperature yes. lowered the no, way that does. you would do if you sit in an ice bath. Because I I had a ankle injury and I was like dipping my foot in like 15 minutes in you know a full ice bath and just a fucking redneck cooler mm-hmm. on my back porch. Yeah, uh, that the- was way more taxing than just. I mean, they have a fucking speaker in there. Shout out Icebox and Woodstock. <laughs> they you pick your own song to go in there. I, Motley Crue, Kickstart My Heart. Yeah, let's go. Well, yeah, I gotta get pumped up just in case this thing's legit. I'm not gonna play Enya in this <laughs> yeah, thing. I feel you. A little Taylor Swift. She was here last night. Might as well. She's here tonight again too. I think she did three nights in Atlanta. <sighs> Good for her, dude. She probably a lot of drunk she girls. She probably made a <laughs> lot of drunk she girls. She probably made five hundred grand alone just on this. A yeah. lot of drunk girls going home to complain to their boyfriends this weekend. Yeah, oh yeah. Look, she, I guarantee we can probably throw a rough dart on the board. It's gonna be fifteen divorces this weekend <laughs> just because of Taylor Swift. Um, so you said that, but yeah, you know what? Speaking of ice, I did. You know, did the ALS challenge back in the day? Threw a little little ice water on the head. You remember hey, that? Shit, yeah. Dude. You remember that? That was a uh, look. Oh, you didn't. That so raised, you're saying you didn't donate anything? <laughs> that raised. Yeah, I, I did what every other person on the internet did, yeah. and I was I raised awareness. I did not raise money. 
feel like I was involved in one because I was working at a radio station and every radio station did one, but I can't tell you the details. Hey, the awareness was out, man. I think yeah. I dumped water on something. Might have been Bert from the Bert Show or something. I, I really don't know. There are a lot of people we who involved. learned about Lou Gehrig in a short amount of time. Yeah. So look, you, you throw you throw a dart where it's where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I'm a touch. Well, so I'll, I'll give my own on this real quick. If I could go anywhere. Right now, I think I would pick Greece. Greece. Nice. Always wanted to see Greece. Yeah. It's a cool, old, ancient area. It's got some beautiful, like, seasides out there, like just some stuff like overlooking like, Mediterranean and stuff like that. Like, that would be incredible. But the Iceland, uh, Iceland, Greenland, you know, Sweden, well, Switzerland, like that upper, upper, air, upper area over there. Finland like, and, like, oh, well, Iceland. I'm just saying that whole— Greenland is an island it, in the well, North Atlantic. I'm, yes. That's, like, where the I, dude, Titanic's I, I get that. I'm just saying, but that area across over to, like, Northern Europe— I took geography with you in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember how you didn't pay attention. You, you remember what teacher what, what, the, what Probably teacher that Ms. was? Probably Miss Hansard. Oh, by the way, Miss Hansard has, like, an event coming up. We should go to it. Bobby Lewis is posting about it. Shout out, Bob. Shout out to Bobby and uh, Miss Hansard. If you ever hear this, thank you. You you two were legends at that school. Boy, they are, and I I intend to go and you know tip the cap. Yeah, Miss Hansard ain't listening to any fucking podcast. No, no way in hell she's listening to this. Miss <laughs> Hansard looking she around was, like, where's Tucker Carlson? She was the sweetest, nicest lady. I can't watch Tucker anymore. Bobby Bobby Lewis was one of the best teachers. Man, our senior year, we were our, like literally on senior day, we're all out of class, and we run up in his classroom. There's like six of us. We run up in his like freshman. What did he teach? He taught like geography or some shit. Didn't history, he? geography, oh, history, like, social stuff, something like that. So anyway, it's his freshman class, dude. We run and like kick this door open. There's six of us. We run in there with air horns, like oh four ho or oh four ho, bam, man, <laughs> air horn the shit out of it, dude. He gets furious, like fires up, dude. He's like, I'll be right back. Comes like storming out the room. We're all out in the hallway. And shit. He opens the door, like slams that shit. And like the class probably thinks we're getting ripped. He's like, What's going on, guys? What y'all up to? What's up, boys? <laughs> How y'all doing? We're like, Hey, just hanging out, Mr. Lewis. He's like, Y'all better be careful, man. Don't get in trouble. Like, we try not to. Like, just he was the coolest teacher, man. Like, he really was. Like, he understood like half of the shit. Like, good dude. Definitely one, one of the good ones, man. We had, you could probably count five, maybe six, you know, teachers there that were like legitimate. Bobby Lewis and Miss Hansard were definitely two of them. So Osborne, hey. back in the day, there we go. I got, I got some bad news, dude. That's a, uh, <laughs> I just oh wanted boy. to send Mr. Lewis a message on Facebook uh, and just say, like, hey, when is that event again uh, for Miss Hansard? And there's two videos from December of 2020 on Christmas. I remember, I, th- I do believe you were with me in these videos. Do you want to... You wanna, I'm gonna take a chance and just play this. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, might as well look. We, we fly by the seat of our pants here. Are we are we getting we're not getting we're not getting the we pause for having technical difficulties at this time. All right, Give well, us just a moment. We'll 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 check those out later and see if they're they <laughs> So we'll, you know it's what, we'll update you. We'll update you on what <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was. Stay was... tuned for the ongoing Bobby Lewis mishandled drama. Hey, that was God saying. That <laughs> yeah. was God saying. Pump don't don't do this one yet, Not man. Today. Let's let's <laughs> review this and then come back to this topic, yeah. man. Um, Nick. So yeah, man. That, you jump that's... out of airplanes still. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's what How this long whole year is about. You jumped out of an airplane. I, um, yesterday. Hell yeah. And we tried to go today, but the winds were 
moving. They were, they were wild. Crazy yeah. Today. Little buck was yeah. Little so I mean, we'll we'll push it if we can. But today's one of those days where you're like, I'm gonna sit this one out. Cool. So Nick Nick knows Toby, who, well, I was, was, who say, was on our our second yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. Nick nice. knows Toby. He talked about um, somebody who went when it was a little too windy. I don't know if you yeah. know that. Did you did you hear about that that jump? Yeah, I mean, a I, couple I, weeks back I'm there. Uh, most of the times, and yeah. Well, no, no, I don't think this is that. I don't think this is out there. I think they were out oh, somewhere else. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they had the guy that like got yeah caught yeah, he a went cr- in. crosswind and slapped into a jeep. Yeah, 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 correct. Yeah, that was a good friend. I mean, a high level jumper. You knew him as well. Correct, correct. Okay. I mean, uh, one of the best guys ever. I mean, literally one of the nicest guys that you could ever meet. Well, look Helped once everyone. again. Once again, we'll have a drink for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, shout out to Joe. Shout out, Joe. Yeah. Cheers. That was a very interesting episode. So when you get a chance, make sure you check it out. But that one went off the rails. Yeah, but, but, yeah. I mean, in general, and just to to tie it into your Iceland trip, uh, June, July, we might be going out there for tandems and stuff like that. So if you're interested and you want to oh, go out there and hit up like national monuments out of an airplane, you're more than invited. All right, Fiddler is going to sponsor me <laughs> on this trip. What do we need? So 10, ASW, 15K, something ASW, like that? ASW, we are needing we'll sponsorship. Yeah, I mean, normally okay. all those, bu- like those destination boogies tend to be like 5K packages, stuff okay. like that. And so, Easy. Yeah. That's plenty of money. And in ASW, this- you guys sneezed that. So we would love a sponsorship. <laughs> we would love to go to Iceland, do some skydiving. Yeah. And in the same I wanna, trip. We will take bottles over. Come yeah. on. I will drink whiskey while falling out of a plane. So same trip, just to tie Finland. it in, uh, we may be going to Everest as well. So, oh, shit. So, oh, yeah. Let's go. Now, are you guys climbing it or just? No, no, no. It's jumps. No, but, you're gonna, but we will go you're probably land on to, the top? Uh, no, it's close by, but you, you won't see even it the be whole jump- time. You won't yeah, even yeah, be yeah. jumping from the height of Everest. Yeah, it's high altitude jumps with oxygen and everything. Yep. So oh, you'll be shit. full like 31,000? Um, and, and, and so ever since like twenty nine, there's a couple different jumps that you can do there depending on the airplane. So, so we'll see what's out there, what they offer this this year. But uh, last weekend in Alabama, I was with the organizer, and he's like, "Come on over." And so doing fucking yeah, halo jumps, was, uh, dude. That's fucking Iceland insane. is awesome because it's the the sun doesn't go down, so you can jump twenty four hours a day. Oh my god! And uh, how many jumps is, do you think you have? Do you know? Yeah, you guys got to log those, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm in the 600 range right now, and so working towards knocking out um, certificates and and ratings. So like, have have the highest license at the moment, but now I'm working on ratings. Do you view it differently than you did when you started? Because I have to feel like I've never jumped, I've never skydived. Yeah. So I look at it as something like that's something I would never do, but I might do that, but. Even if I love it, I probably mm. wouldn't keep doing it. <laughs> how do you look at it? Now you got six hundred under the belt, so it's, it's and what number? Like how many did you have to do before it changed? I, I don't. So like there is still the like for it. So like the the you still what get keeps scared me there slightly. So every single jump you do is slightly outside of your comfort zone still. So because you're always progressing, and yeah. so the next thing you do is with another group of people that have a different level. It's a great family. Everyone's always trying to teach the next person. The guys who have been at their whole life, they've got 30,000, 40,000 jumps. You know, like the, the old salty dudes that started oh in the 50s and 60s out of the military. Those guys, those guys were crazy, but they invented the sport. They improved the gear. Now we have it easy. Now we have all these different devices that keep us safe. And so if you see just on statistics, it's ever, the death rate goes down every year since back in the days and so it gets safer and safer as a sport 
nowadays the tendency is that the people that tend to die, um, which aren't that many a year, like over 3 million jumps tends to be in the 13 to 20 deaths a year, something like that. So it's not that, not that bad. Um, they tend to be the highest risk group of people. So the experts doing something that was really risky. Right. Those are the people that, that, that tend to go in. Remember years ago, it was the uh, uh, he was You've done. I, I guess right? was, you skydived once. Yeah, yeah. It was more. I think he was more of a base jumper. He was a wingsuiter though. Yep. And he was a guy. Maybe he was out there in California, but he was trying to go like under the bridge, and fucking smacked right into, into it. the yeah, bridge. Yeah, yeah. Went like, over one under. And this wasn't like. Oh, yeah, this yeah. wasn't a like him and his buddies are doing like yeah, this is yeah. like a live event. So people on the Yo. bridge like, oh, it was a yep, full yep. blown he, thing. He, yeah, he blew up on this the bridge. This dude, bro, this dude hit this bridge Splat. at like a hundred and fucking fifty miles an yeah. hour or something, bro. Splat. Yeah. Splat. Yeah, yeah, splat. It was f- limbs. Yeah. Like they're talking about like when he hit it, f- yeah. Missed. And then like literally arms, yeah. legs, and Correct. shit falling Like I can't remember his name. But it was like it was, dude, it was messed yeah. up because like you can see the video uh, until and, and most of the videos I've seen Every video cuts it right before he hits. Yeah. But you see them coming in, and he's just trying to like scoop just underneath the bridge. Yeah. And I guess like something catches him last minute, Correct. lifts him up, and he kept, dude. That yeah. sh- now the one thing you can say about that dude is quick. That dude didn't feel <laughs> a thing. Yeah. Correct. Like that. That I, look. That's the one thing I'll say. If I gotta go. I want to go. That dude. That dude went probably yeah. not knowing he was about to go because yeah. that lift was probably pretty last nah. minute too. Nah. Well, and he's I want to die an old man. I want to feel every organ <laughs> shutting down. Well, no, you don't get to die once. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you only get to I'm die saying, once. Look, I'm yeah. saying if I'm going to, if I'm doing some package. wild shit, like I'm not trying to get shot and bleed out. Yeah. If I get shot, let it be in the head, end it, be done. Well, you don't want to end up paralyzed. <laughs> Correct. Thing, right? No craziness about it. Now, now, look, there's something to be said about growing old and dying old and like experiences. Like that's a whole nother level. But like you're going young, man. I want it to be that quick. I wanted to be 150 mile an hour in the side of a bridge wingsuiting and literally like just, you just missed the whole fucking canyon. <laughs> one arms se- and one legs second just before sit. you're like, oh, fucked up. Shit, bam. <laughs> Done. That yeah. was it. That, that, that was yeah. his thought. He's like, oh, sh-. he didn't have enough time to truly process like he yeah. fucked up. I mean, those are the guys that push the boundaries. So, yeah, so skydiving is one thing. Those guys are base jumpers. There's a zero margin of error in that sport. Yeah, skydiving, there's plenty of margin and there's backups. Uh, base jumping is a whole different animal. I think there's like 3,000 base jumpers and the fatality rate is a lot higher. It's, uh, it's yeah, yeah. It is wild to yeah. hear a skydiver say, yeah, there's plenty of room for air. <laughs> It's yeah, wild. Well, thing. It, in comparison, I'm correct. sure. Like, I mean, because you can take most base jumpers are jumping off shit that it's the average fall is probably, you know, yeah. your first 20 seconds of fall. So the short base jumps are like, uh, I mean, well, people a small jump building. Sky dra- a yeah, small building. So, shit, so, right? Yeah, correct. And, and even small ones, uh, a 12 story building, that's not that high up. And, and they'll tie their, their, uh, they'll clip onto the building, jump off, and hope that their buddy was holding their gear to come out before they hit the ground. And so, like, there's there's very Ooh. short ones. There's like there's the the typical adrenaline junkie that's trying to just get that ground rush, or there's the guy that's very very A type that just likes calculating everything in life that does everything methodically. And so, like, there's a there's, I mean, if you talk about it, and this is always a subject that interested me. The Red Bull team. Which is high? Uh, 
I mean, high octane. They do stunts all over the world nonstop. They, they're in, they're pushing forties, fifties, and they're doing the craziest stunts, and they're all still alive, and they're base jumping daily. So I was just about to speak on him, mm -hmm. Travis. I was just thinking, Travis Pastrana. The, one of his jumps was literally he was jumping the damn yeah the, the dirt bike into the Grand Canyon with the parachute yeah. And like the chute opened, like just he pulled it early enough, but the chute didn't open fast yeah. enough, and it opened with like, I think three hundred feet. Correct. And so like by the time it actually opened, like it got open, it set, it it slowed him down, and then smack. Yeah. And I don't think he broke anything, but I think he hit it hard enough to be like, dude, that yeah. like that fucking sucked. In one of his last uh, stunts, I believe it was for like the filming of Jim Connor or something like that. Um, he base jumped and he crushed himself. He he he's peeing out of a bag you know like Jeez. those there's and it was something that base jumping just has variables that the wind might have caught you and put you against a building or, or variables that are a lot less controllable skydiving still gives you plenty of margin that most malfunctions you're going to be able to fix um there's obviously still the the cases where you can't but but those are a few now fiddler uh, I'm not throwing this out to everybody, but if anybody anybody from you guys is listening, I'll go full Travis Pastrana and take a full shot of Fiddler in an airplane, jump out, no shoot, and allow somebody to get me with a shoot, strap me in, <laughs> and float me down as a promotional if you decide to, uh, you know, just run with us over here. So I'm not willing to yeah. do that. That's okay. You don't need to. We just need one of us. I'm down to do it. <laughs> that's, that has so, to be done in like Mexico. Or that's something how like that. Will and I. We'll take that shit straight to Iceland, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. I'm down. Let us know. Anybody gets that connect? I'm here. <laughs> I'll full Pastrana for some uh, for some fiddler uh, connections here. But um, all right. Before we get out, man. You know, we, we've been running for a minute. You've got an incredible job. And we've talked about this. We kind of touched on it just a little bit earlier, but you've got an incredible job. Like what you do goes above and beyond as is, you know, whether, whether you choose to accept that or not. Like, I think, you know, we talk about what some people do in the military and this and that, but like, there's a civilian aspect that people do to, to help those around them. Uh, and what you do is incredible because you work with essentially at risk kids, at risk youth that that are literally looking for, you know, second chance, third chance, whatever it is, you work with a company that helps them. Um but you also have some incredible stories because the the span of kids that you work with is completely different. Because I mean you've got autism to anger issues to multiple personalities to suicidal personalities to, you know, whatever it is. You see this this gamut of kids between a certain age that you guys work with, and the stories that I've heard from you are, and I say this in in context and understand. Look, we're a very no holds bar show anyway, so it's funny yeah. because you got to take everything with a grain of salt for what you do. It's freaking funny listening to him talk about it, but. If you feel free, elaborate a little bit. Tell us some of the stories you've heard, things you have, because. The first couple that I heard from you, like legitimately, I was like, they're blowing. Like I'm like yeah. mouth open, like oh my god, this is <laughs> fucking wild. And you yeah. know, so like I just need to hear more of it. So I would preface uh, this, I guess, segment with the uh, with this is a behavioral program, and so it is for um, youth. Tend, tends to be in the age range of uh, 13 to 17. Um, a lot of attachment issues. Uh, most of them, eighty percent, tend to be uh, adoptive situations. So, so kids that were in the 
adoption system that um, are now with families that that have cared for them for X amount of time, but have started to develop um, issues that the family just can't control. So they tend to go to either uh, different sort of systems, either the mental hospital, um, different psychiatric programs. And at one point in time, sometimes they'll call this particular program, which is a wilderness program, wilderness therapy. And wilderness therapy is very different in the fact that it pulls these kids out into the middle of nowhere. So they lose every connection to the people that they're around and the devices they tend to use, cell phones, internet, and things like that. That's awesome. Out there, the, this is in Blue Ridge, uh, Appalachian Mountain area, and so they're in the middle of nowhere. They can kick, scream, they can do whatever they want, but they're out there uh, with a group that, that cares for them. And so, uh, funny enough, um, most of the people that work there are military, uh, Army, Marines, uh, they tend to have that characteristic of being able to be uncomfortable for weeks on end, taking care of these kids. The The best way we tend to talk, talk about it is that uh, in a bowling alley, we are those bumpers that you put when the kids are bowling to keep them going straight. Mm. And so all we do is kind of take care of them. We keep them alive, happy, fed. And uh, then this is the real magic, but we let the therapist do the work. So So we're more of the guardians. Um, we are field instructors and uh, the therapists do the real magic. So the therapists are out there um, helping these kids along through their ter therapeutic journey. And that's what this program is about. So within that, like you're saying, there's all these crazy cases of kids that are bananas. They're, they're just wild. And so, so um, those are uh, cases that you tend to be able to manage out in the wilderness a little bit better. Um, but, but they're still wild to us. Like you're saying, there is that factor that we have of humor. We, we still are able to see some sort of dark humor in these wild situations, but, but the magic really is in the work that the therapists are doing. And so, Absolutely. so yeah, I mean, uh, I think previous stories that we've talked about, uh, the wild ones tend to be either the suicidal ones or the anger ones, um, uh, one of the examples that we've talked about previously was a girl that showed up suicidal ideation from day one. All she wanted to do was kill herself and she shows up and, and kind of, I mean, even us instructors that know and see all the paperwork, we see that, that we have to have eyes on her all day, every day. And, and we are, we are like three feet away all day and she's a super nice girl, like literally kind girl super uh nice in the way she talks yes sir yes ma'am the whole the whole nine yards at a campfire she's able to with another girl that's there telling a story take her headlamp um this girl's not supposed to have anything on her because of her risk uh level and she hides it and we can't find it and we're sitting there like man this is day one and we and she snuck something from us crap and so like in the tent because of her security level we'll have two instructors sleeping beside her and she's tented in in the middle. So, so they sleep in a very secure area. But we normally want to find everything they have before going to sleep. She, she hid it in her private parts. So we couldn't find it. Wow. In the middle of the night, one, two, three, four in the morning. Oh, she's <laughs> at the campfire. And another girl's telling a story. She snags it from her. this thing. In, okay. She, and she, she saw that we were coming after her because one of the girls said, I'm missing my headlamp. That's when we start searching. We can't find it. We know she has it, but she manages 
through three different body checks, and these are all female staff that are body checking her once pockets, once a little bit more thorough, and we still can't find it. So we said, let's put it off till the till the morning. Maybe she chucked it. You know, we don't know, but we'll find it in the morning. And at one, two, three in the morning, we hear the shuffling, shuffling, and like headlamp in her face, like, "What are you doing? Why are you moving?" All that, and nothing. And like at three in the morning. She she kind of gets up and she's like, can I uh, have a drink of water? And so I have a thermos there and I give her some water. And she's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go home. I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, uh, I swallowed the batteries. Uh, I'm, I, Holy like, shit. I'm at risk right now. I need to go home. And we're like, oh, fuck. She, she got one away from it. Like, like literally she got one on us. So we, we, we satellite message that out. And it's an emergency because that starts eating at your stomach lining. Yeah. And so right away, the team comes out, takes her to a ranger camp uh, that, that's close by, ambulance to Atlanta, and uh, non-invasive surgery. They're, they're basically plucking that stuff out of her in the middle wow. of the day. And that, that begins the whole week. That Literally that whole week, every single day, all day, she's trying to kill herself. So Wait, they brought her back? Yeah, so this was a very, very at-risk girl that even the hospitals couldn't handle. So this is where you see this program shine is the creative, uh, I mean, the the clinical director, she's she's on this girl's side. She's like, we have to help her because no one else wants to help her. Like, the family is, it can't handle her. The it, hospitals can't handle her. So not to mention, and, and this isn't all about it, but at the same time, these kids, are, these kids' parents or guardians are paying roughly $80,000 or something like that. Yeah, it's like, like it's about 90 every three months. Wow. So it's it's or a lot of money, and sometimes yeah, so there's a t- yeah. the minimum structure is about three months, about $90,000, and sometimes that goes on. Uh, it extends depending on the therapeutic journey, so they might have to be out there longer. And so so in this particular case, you, you see people wanting to help her. Uh, there's obviously talks with the parents and stuff like that, and they're like, please keep her there. No one else can help her. So she comes back that same, that's that's now day two, wow. no sleep, everyone's out there. Wow. Day two, she tries to hang herself in a tree. And like, we're break, like with a sports bra that she had on, she pulled it off quickly, wrapped it around a tree and jumped into like a little cliff and she's hanging from a tree. We bust down a tree to get her out of there. The day three, shovel to the head, like day four. And like all, here's where the magic of the program is. Even though as instructors we're there and we can keep her safe, there has to be a therapist that's there walking through like the mental sludge that the kid's going through. Right, so like, yeah. I can keep her safe, but I can't go through that mental stuff that they're yeah. going through. So there's there's uh, mental ninjas there, I, I would call them, that, <laughs> that, that are tinkering in their head. And there's some, it's an amazing thing. I've never heard it uh, before, but I've seen it there and it really blows my mind, something called brain spotting. And it's literally a therapist with like this little pointer and a red dot and they're like going around and they get these kids to once this kind of connects in a specific eye zone that the kid's looking at, it's almost like they connect internally to the kid's brain and then the kid starts spewing out stuff that the kid's not even aware of. So wow. eventually with some brain spotting throughout that week, they figure out that this, that this girl's had, that she saw her best friend hang herself in a, in a mental hospital she was at previously, and so now she feels obligated to kill herself. And now that begins the therapeutic journey before that no one knew why she was trying to kill herself and now there's something to work with and so that starts kind of like the beginning of of the work that gets done and yeah see that's wow that's and so you, you didn't really say this but one of the first things you was telling me about this this story that kind of blew me 
away was she would come up and, and be the nicest girl in the world, yeah. and then at the end of the night, she'd be like, "All right, Nick, have a good uh, have a good evening. I'm gonna kill myself tonight." Oh, like this and, is, and literally this was rough it, like, every night. So, she'd be like, so "I'm gonna kill myself." It and it's way, not like, funny, but like some of these kids have meds. Uh, yeah. Uh, morning, uh, evening, sure, and yeah. bedtime. And she knew that if she didn't take her nighttime med, she knew she could stay up and that we would be tired. And so, like, her evening med, she'd she'd refuse it. She'd be like, nope, because I'm going to kill myself, and I know you guys are going to be tired, and you can't do anything about it. And so she'd refuse her med, which is on paper a med refusal and stuff like that, but you can't get them to take the med if they're not willing um, so you would see her 12, 1, 2 in the morning. She'd still be in the tent between both instructors, like kneeling down or standing up, telling us in our face, like, I could see you're getting tired, but go to sleep. Don't worry about it. I don't I don't want you to think it's your fault, but I'm going to kill myself when you go to sleep. Things like that. <laughs> so it's, it's messing with your head. Like, oh, man, I, I swear, like, in that it's week, fucking dark I slept humor, about fun, eight man. hours in the whole week because, so, like, one night man. at... 2 or 3 a.m., we found her chewing on her glasses to swallow the glass so that she could die, Jeez. you know, things like that. And so that's that, like, <sighs> high-level, like, for me, there's that part of, like, wow, like, this is intense. I'm glad I'm here to help, but what if you catch 10 t- attempts but not the 11th? So then right. it starts rubbing on you the wrong way, like, hey. And there are uh, other programs, not not ours, that are more equipped for this scenario. And so at the time that it got to the point where this program wasn't for her, she was moved on to the next place. So, I mean, I I know that when when I have problems, like going out into the mountains yeah. is my antidepressant. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. That is the most effective. Yeah. Like, go, go fucking hang out in a hammock <laughs> for a night. Go climb a mountain. Yeah. Go get out there and have don't have a yeah. shower for a few days. Carry your food in. Don't yeah. leave any trash. Carry your water. Like drink some fucking stream water, <laughs> boil it, whatever you got to do. Yeah. But um, how effective, from your perspective, has it been for? I mean, she sounds like an extreme case. Correct. She's an extreme case. Everyone's not like that. I mean, I think anytime you can get someone who is not used. to to being in, we'll call it the country. Yeah, uh, it's always a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so the way the program tends to unfold, and this is just generalizing, most kids are pulled out without them knowing that they were going to go out there. So one day, someone shows up at their house, they get plucked out, flown into the middle of nowhere. And now they're there. So they show up. This is the opposite of scared straight. <laughs> they we're not sh- taking you to prison. <laughs> taking you to the wild. For they, fucking eight eight months. In, there are cases where some kids know about the wilderness and they're like, "I want to go there." That happens. But it, generally speaking, they are kids that that get plucked out of situations of family crisis. So yeah. so the family is having issues. They can't control Dad's in it. They jail, call it program. Whatever. Um, many of them um, have lived, I like, I feel for them because many of them have rougher lives than anyone will ever have. Sure. Watching people die in front of them, uh, depression, anxiety, suicide that, that most of us will never live. They've lived it before they were 10 years old. Mm. And uh, many times the, the problems are internal or before they, they could verbalize. Uh, other times it was in their, in their youth where, where they saw stuff that, that was wild. And so 
they're now here, um, because they're plucked out and put here, they tend to fight the system for one or two months. I don't want to be here. I don't know why I'm here. It's the standard. Then by the second month to the third, that's when you start seeing some work that starts getting done because they start accepting it. They start seeing how you can work on this, and they start realizing they're in the middle of nowhere. And like they'll run in the middle of the night. They'll do. There's nowhere to run to. Like yeah. our this particular program is it's what's called relationship model. So it's not like boot camp where like drop down, give me twenty. This is like if you want to run in the middle of the night, I'll go with you all night. I'll, I'll walk fourteen hours with you if you want. Yeah, and we'll just talk. Like so. <laughs> I mean, are y'all like how back countries? Are y'all shitting in a hole in the ground? Yeah, yeah. So, so the oh, interesting shit. part about it is, is literally the kids are in the middle of nowhere, and the kids do everything. So the kids are cooking, the kids are cleaning, the kids are digging the lats, digging the sumps. Damn, they're, they're you guys are everything. up there near like, is it Fifth Ranger Battalion? Yeah, it's someone the up Ranger, there near like Camp Delano, Merrill? Yeah, something, yeah, Camp Merrill. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, where the Rangers train? Yeah. So, you know, look. So that was one of them. So. Nick told me another story. One of their one of their kids literally, you know, they do a good job of, of monitoring them, but this kid escaped middle of the night. Oh yeah. Escaped middle of the night. They didn't know. Wake up. This guy's this kid's missing. And I guess, you know, obviously they start the search for him, getting additional yeah. people starting to search, get the sheriff in on it. This kid had gotten how far away? So he got to to another town. So so <laughs> yeah. so this kid was on the edge of what you would call he, he was an athletic specimen so his dad was also ex-military this kid had been camping his whole life this kid was like when he showed up he had a full beard bigger than mine and damn you can't son see, you got a nice <laughs> beard so, so this yeah, kid I, when beard. he showed hey, up for every, those, everyone listening <laughs> nick's got a very solid beard i here, thought this so. kid was another nick, staff you could have you ever braided your beard you could braid your beard i could i could i haven't uh there was uh, one I got girl a that got kit. me to braid a beard once. Yeah. Hey, we'll put some, hey, <laughs> look, a little starter hey. kit right here. We get some, <laughs> hey, we get some real tight corn rolls on that yeah, thing yeah. color at night. But. Oh, damn, son. But so we thought this kid was staff at the beginning, and he is he is easily 225. I mean, he's a, he's a big kid. He's played sports. He's a... He's the kid that us as staff were, were like, I hope he doesn't get angry. And he came in for anger issues. Like, I believe he, he was there because he tried... Super nice kid, also, sir, ma'am, the whole nine yards. But he also tried to burn his house down and and things Damn. of that nature. And and the state got involved, and so it was a serious issue. And so, um, in that case, he was very, very hard to uh, figure out in the sense that he was so kind, played the game, did the assignments, did what he told people what they wanted to hear. The whole time he was premeditating, how do I get out? And so he waited for a full moon. He stole socks from X amount of kids, so he, because we take their shoes at the at the end of every day, so they that they can't run away. In this case, he had so many socks that he had padded Holy uh, shoes. Shit. He ran in the middle of the night um, when. So that's so smart. I would never think to do that. Just I mean, fuck he, five he, pairs of socks. And he knew the area. He was from Georgia, which doesn't tend to be the case. These kids tend to be from other areas. He kind of knew this mountain already. And even though they were out there, he 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 risked it and he ran and and they didn't find out till eight in the morning when you're unzipping tents, and uh, and normally all these tents are two to three feet away from our tent, so it's how he got out without hearing the zipper and all that. I mean, it's it's tough to to know, but basically he managed that. As the morning came around, he met an old couple, like two old people camping, convinced them that he got jacked and whatnot, and they gave him a pair of boots, helped him over to the nearest store. From there, he got over to another store that was close to the ne- nearest town, 
He convinced that store owner to give him a job sweeping so he can make 20 bucks. What? Made some phone calls, and he was already expecting friends to come pick him up in the next wow. few hours. So he was gone This kid's going to be president one day. <laughs> nicest kid ever, but he had that going for him in the sense of uh, what you would think is good looking, strong, all that stuff, but he was manipulative. And so, and yeah. so he played the game right and it's ended a very, up dude, right. It's, 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 a, it's, it's still a on the run today. Skin. No, no, <laughs> he, they found him. Yeah, they found him. They found him many hours later. They found him almost a full half day later. If you're talking about that, he, he left at midnight. Is this, wow. is this the same kid? They got into it with the autistic kid? No, no, no. It was another kid. Simi- so, the traits so, were so similar. So, yeah. Uh, before we roll out, yeah. I, you told me that story the other day. Yeah. And the whole story is kind of wild, but yeah. the very ending of it's funny. Like, just hit that one as quick, fast as you can, and we'll roll out. But, like, that shit, the yeah. last kid in that story doing yeah. what he did had me rolling. So, please. This, like, this is a kid that's, like, uh, similar size. Uh, another kid that's uh, about 200 pounds, su- su- uh, did MMA for many years, is in trouble with the law, is here in this program as a, hey, you uh, you need to be here or else you're going to be I, a, a juvenile. I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Are y'all armed? No, no, no. We can't have anything at all because the kids are at risk. All right. And they so, can't. So this is one thing we discussed, and I guess yeah. you're probably about to touch on this. When they deal with these kids, they can't, like, yeah. no, yeah, do yeah, shit yeah. to these kids. Like, we it's literally, kids. It's very well, it's completely yeah, it's No matter what. And, like, nope. you, but if you have a 17-year-old 200-pounder that is an athletic specimen. Correct. Definitely can choke me out. This, you, the, essentially, this, and I guess we'll get the sentence is minimal force necessary. Yes, but you hold the on reality for dear is life. that you you want to use a upper torso restraint, which is gra- lock yeah. their ha- uh, arms behind their what back. What do they call that? What do they call it? But the, with a kid, the full Nelson, <laughs> the full right? Nelson. No, no, you can't do headlocks and things like that. But if you grab them from behind, you can. Lock, but with a kid this big, that doesn't work. And so in this particular case, so, yeah. it's a kid that is big. He's Again, nice as can be. The whole, the, he was three days away from graduating, an autistic kid he had picked on the whole time. Uh, we had just cooked food. We were going to do something called hand wash. All the kids get together, they start washing their hands. The autistic kid standing there, super delicate kid, tall, little, delicate kid. Uh, his therapeutic journey was speak up for yourself, stand up for yourself. The one time he does that, clocks it, the big guy in the face because the big guy pushes him out of the hand wash position. Oh, man. And the big guy's like, man, you just hit me in the face. That fucker hit me in the face. Oh, and no. his lid flips. So he's now starting to, he, he could have crushed this kid with one blow. Like he, it, this kid was there for anger issues. So while we're now, we know that if this kid even touches the autistic kid, he could have legal issues. So we're our game now is protect this kid from getting into trouble. Yeah, and so we stand between both of those uh, students, and this kid now uh, goes through us to the point where two of us, one on the torso, I'm on the legs, we're bucking for ten minutes. He goes into um, hyperventilation. Uh, now he starts not breathing for minutes at a time. So we start going into uh, helping him breathe. Then into CPR. Now, uh, ambulance, because we're so far out there, we, we have to call them, and they take about an hour and 20 minutes yeah. to get out there through that whole time. We're doing CPR to keep them alive. This is the kid. This is the, the, this is strong the big kid. kid. W- one thing that we did uh, 
was keep him from fighting the other kid. It, we we took the brunt of that particular engagement. Damn. But but in that sense, he had exhausted himself so much, like yeah. he wasn't even hearing us. We're like, dude, don't do it, don't do it. We're on your team, like that whole thing. And and he's just going, going, going. He exhausts himself to the point he's hyperventilating, goes into an anxiety attack, stops breathing for minutes at a time, and it just got worse for an hour and a half. So it start. He starts. Uh, needing us to breathe for him. Uh, then there's a point where he's just limp, and we're keeping him alive till the ambulance gets there. In that time, the the funny stuff and the crazy stuff that happens here—that's the dark humor side. All the other kids, zero empathy. They're like, "Where's my food? Give me my fucking oh, food." Shit. The other kids. There's one that there's a whole pan of fried rice that just got cooked because we were about to eat. We were doing hand wash. One of the wild kids slams the whole thing in his face. He's like, no. lick it off my face, bitches. And, <laughs> and every other kid's like, what's going My food. And so like zero empathy. But but at the same time, we're adults. They're kids. If you keep that overview, you're just trying to corral the cats. <laughs> then the ambulance shows up. Uh, the kids, half of them are at the tents. Other ones are running in the forest. We're uh, with the one that needs aid. And the kids that are getting triggered at the tents are like, they see the lights and they're like, fuck the popo, fuck the police, oh God. you killed my mom. And it's it, like a fucking Lord of the Rings. This, this event, starts the, the beginning of like, uh, many of the police that are out in those areas, some know about the program, some don't. No but, idea. But yeah. they, they hear the madness and they're like, what you got going on up here in the woods? Like, this is not normal. And so we're trying to explain the whole situation. The, the madness is going on. Obviously, that whole thing it, it, it is about first talking to to the paramedics, then the police, then explaining what's going on because the police want to go down into the middle of a camp that has kids that are going wild. And so, uh, the 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 goal is to keep everyone safe. We did. That kid ended up without a bruise. Ended up in the ambulance. As he's coming to, um, he's still trying to fight. He's still like that kid, like that kid hit me i want to kill him Jeez. and we're like you were dead you were just dead <laughs> like how about we put that off for a while <laughs> so all right we we've heard a couple of stories here at the end about like some troublesome shit <coughs> do you have a quick story of like a success like one kid in particular that stuck out to you yeah so i would say all of them so so this particular program in 3 months is not meant to fix a kid it's meant to Take them away from everything. That's part of fixing those to get rid Correct. of Correct. what is with the inputs. We all have inputs and outputs, yeah. right? And your output is sort of prescribed by your input. Yeah. So you get rid of the bad input. Yeah. All of a sudden, you really see who someone is. So, so one of the personal uh, bones that I have to pick, but it's it's not the program's thing. It's my thing. Is that I feel like I want to the kid to be 100% fixed by the time they leave. Mm. That's not the goal of this program. The goal of this program is to take everything away, help them now analyze where they're at, Get uh, to a start them state. on a, on a yeah. therapeutic journey, and then work from there. So, so the wildest kids are the best ones to see in the three months because they do make the biggest change. Like if someone just comes in with depression, they'll be less depressed by the time they leave. But the wild, wild ones the therapist, the clinical director, the staff, the administrative team, like they do such a good job at like helping these kids go from like really, really tough situations to like now they can go on to either other programs that are 
one level before a boarding school or into a boarding school or back to their homes and things like that. So just the difference, um, every single kid that I've seen there, except for the ones that halfway through the program, the program's like, we can't deal with this. They should go to this specialized program. Mm. Like those are the kids that, that our program wasn't for them. But the, the rest of them, you do see like, wow, we made a, a great change in that kid's life. I hope he does great. And, and we don't particular, or us as field guides don't particularly keep in touch or, or uh, figure out where they're, what, how they're doing and things like that. We're just dealing with the next group of kids that we have. You're doing some awesome stuff, man. It's incredible, man. It's it's fun, wild. It gives you I don't know. If it's got anything to do with skydiving, but that dude, dose it's of got nothing to do. With, the, dude, I guess <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with skydiving. Us sitting there talking that. about it, at, 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 dude. Us sitting there talking about it, and I've been like, I told you, I was like, dude, <laughs> I I want to hear more about it because yeah. I'm 37 that years was old. Incredible. <laughs> I want to do some wild shit and end up in a youth uh, wilderness program. <laughs> Am I? Do I qualify? You could go there and enjoy. So, like, the great part about this is that this particular position, which is a, a field instructor, is temporary. There's no one that does this as a career. You can mm. go in and spend four months, six months, a year or more. They're probably begging if for you it. want. Yeah, there's always mm. a need. So, the more qualified people you have there, the more kids they can help. Because right. because the hard part is getting someone that can be out there eight days uh, every other week. So you're out there living the same life that the kids are. No Wi-Fi, no internet in the middle of nowhere, right, what, living their life. What's the longest? What's the longest you've ever been out professionally, or or even just you know regular uh, in the last I guess ten years of like how long? Like what's the longest stint you did in the back country? Um, I mean, I don't, I think it's just, it would be here where, where I'll connect two shifts or three shifts in a row. It's not like, and staggered. So like they'll say, okay. Hey, can you extend and stuff like yeah. that? I, I personally have a love for the outdoors, which yeah. is my main interest in, in when I started looking for something to do on my free time, I was like outdoor wilderness, outdoor outdoors, guide, out there, this outdoors. And then so when nice. I saw that there was like. Oh, uh, youth program behavioral. I was like, I'll check that out. I, and then when I got into it, I did a hiring seminar, and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and so, Dude. and so right away, connected, and That's and sick. and now I'm there. And so I don't know how long I'll be there. I, I know I'll be there for a while. I enjoy every part of it. I guarantee it gives me more than I give to the program. Like every scenario, I I can name every kid because there's something that they give to you when you help them out and stuff like that. And so. There's something to it for sure. All right, Nick, hold on. Pareda? Pareda. Pareda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did it better the yeah, second yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Right. Next Unabomber it. right here. The man's got the training. He's going to be in the North Georgia mountains for the rest of his life. Fucking Eric Rudolph 2.0. Here we go. Let's hey. go. So seriously, shout out to the kid that literally threw rice on himself because that's that's probably my spirit he's animal. He's still there. Man, fucking, he's wild. He's still wild. I, dude, I love, dude. Lick it off my face, bitches. That was if, <laughs> oh, that, wait. if that wasn't my military tagline, I don't know what else was. So I started writing down your quotes. Case, it was facials. It I was started facials. writing down quotes that the kids are saying out there because they're so. You got, a, you wild. got a few? Uh, just one that I'd like to share right now that that just rings true with this whole program. But this isn't one of those wild moments. Everyone's fighting. The kids are threatening themselves. Like I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And so one yep. of the kids is like. I don't care who wants to kill who. I just want to protect the potatoes. 
Like, this, is, this, this is right before dinner time. Is he Irish? He, was, <laughs> he, he had was, to be Irish. <laughs> this was like right before dinner. Everyone's hungry, and he was over the campfire trying to eat. Dude, and, hey, and let's kids go. are threatening. Hey, that, that kid's going places. That's a man of my own heart right there. So first Protect of all, the potatoes. Yeah. First of all, that's incredible. Yeah. Second on that, you just need to open the fucking voice recorder and just let it roll. Oh. Oh and then Lord. spend a little time post post work, <laughs> like just not non obviously yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah, nonstop, yeah. I but gotcha. like I put gotcha. it on there with, oh, when, yeah. you, when you know it's getting saucy and just let yeah. it run. And we then, have a and, few and chop that yeah. up, but that's incredible. Like I said, d- dude, in 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 all all concepts of everything, like what you do is incredible. Yes, because the job you're doing is is, is amazing. Hard. Because helping kids that are literally going through the time and, and and like I said most of these kids I think you and I have spoken most of these kids are literally either in foster or adoptive type care so there's a secondary system where like people are trying to do the right things whether it's truly the right things or whatever these kids are trying to get a second chance and like they're getting an, an additional second chance yeah. with you guys so what y'all do is incredible so the dark humor on there like look if you can't find humor in anything like that that's on you like you've got to find the fucking like the yeah. star in the sky and like let it run but that shit's fucking funny. Thank you for what <laughs> you do with them. Do you want to plug? I, you know, I know you I said they're, bring they're, you they're... back with a kid <laughs> oh, no, that graduated. <laughs> oh, well, that'll be fucking hysterical. Do yeah. you have? Do you have a? Uh, and, and this is it, whether you want Correct. to. Like it's it's up to you. Um, I know you said they're constantly looking for people. Yeah. Is there a website? Is there something they can they can reach out at? And if you yeah, want to shoot that out, please doubt. do. So the the program is called First Light Wilderness, and the website is firstlightwilderness.com. Okay. They're always looking for people. Uh, at certain point in times when they have the staff, they'll cap it, but they'll always do hiring seminars. So if you're qualified, they'll keep you on call for the next batch of kids that comes in and things of that nature. Now, is that strictly for Georgia, or do they um, have multiple areas? Or? So... So, uh, wilderness program in particular, this company is all over the U.S. Okay. So uh, they do have programs elsewhere. The one I work with in, is in Georgia. So, so, so I, I, I don't know if you know this. Does, does First Light Wilderness Wilderness dot com is that for everything or is that strictly for Georgia? Is it a federal um, program or a state program? It. It's a private program. It's pri- so yeah, it's so private. Uh, private. what you do is if you go on there, and I believe if you trace some links. They it starts showing you all over the U.S. It starts showing you okay. Utah and uh, Montana and all the uh, different programs that they have. But um, yeah, I mean, wilderness is everywhere. This particular program, if you study the wilderness programs or behavioral programs for kid I- in the wilderness, you'll see they're all over the U.S. And so, and so, this particular one happens to be in the Blue Ridge, and and okay. that's where we're at right now. Well, oh, so, yeah. so if you are listening and you're out in this in this state, the great state of Georgia. <laughs> Thank you. Come on. Uh, yeah, come on. Ooh, uh, wait, no, it, no, 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 we can't do that. Shout out to Sazad Steve. That's copyright by him. I know Steve. We're good. Dude. We just got to <laughs> say his name, and he's going to be happy about it. All right, Southside, Southside, yeah, come on. Uh, if you aren't in Georgia, clearly, in Georgia, there's clearly some uh, some other options there. But if you're interested, please check that out. But like I said, I wanted to get, get you on for a while because these stories were literally it, – it's the most incredible – at the same time, had me rolling stories that <laughs> yeah. I had heard in a long time. So I appreciate it. I appreciate what you do. Appreciate you coming on to listen to us. 
We've been running at it for almost two hours here, so... Mm-hmm. Lick it off my face, bitches. <laughs> Lick it off my face! Yo, wouldn't that make a good t-shirt? Dude. I, <laughs> dude. And if I don't see... If there's not just a giant uh, yeah, vat yeah. of rice being dumped on me at <laughs> oh. the same time, like... Yeah, that shit is that shit writes its own. So story, the dark so. humor is for us, the instructors, to, but man. the but the reality is you do feel good at the end of the day, and there is a serious tone to it. So like, if you're, well, if I mean, you can the keep stake, that view to it. The stakes are like, are these kids still alive? Yeah. yeah. So so the if you hear the founders talk, they they impart the seriousness of this is live or die for that kid. Yeah. Like, if he's not here, he could be dead. I mean, part of it is well, substance abuse. Part of it is anxiety. Well, you talk about the girl. The all that stuff. So Absolutely. When you hear it, you're like, yeah, I'm just here to be a field guide. But, like, when you see it, you're like, wow, this is this is serious. And let's act this way. And let's help this kid. And so, so you do feel it. Uh, many times you're still a little bit outside of your comfort zone. But you have the training. You have the, the first aid and the... the wilderness uh first responder and you have crisis training and you have water training and you have all those things so as long as you're uh mature enough to handle those situations you will be that guy that that helps that company See, for sure you said mature enough to handle that situation what i what i hear and what i anticipate is that you are an expert in awkward silence <laughs> you are an expert in awkward silence ain't nobody this is like a staring contest right no one's gonna break that with you because <laughs> you've probably heard some kids say some wild shit, and then you're like, all right. And hey, you just stand there with them for the next three hours. Hey, that yeah. comes back to the old, sailing, or, or the old saying. In silence, man can most preserve his integrity. Yes. Ooh. Who said yes. that? I, fuck, I don't know. Probably, oh, yeah. Probably, some dude, th- old some Prometheus, asshole. Oh, Prometheus or whoever. You know, so write it down. This particular program lives on what you guys are talking about. It's literally sitting with them in their discomfort. Nope, absolutely. Well, and look, and so you talked about not having military, you know, military essentially background, but obviously Correct. getting to do military things. But the humor in military is is yeah. dark. Correct. And that's the part of it that being stateside, being deployed, like you find the funniness and, and, and the yeah. comedy in every aspect of what you do yeah. because that's what makes those situations easier. Because if you don't, then they're miserable. And they're going to be miserable, but you have to find the bit of comedy in all aspects to make it that much easier for whatever you're going through. So it's not a military service, but it is damn, damn well a service and a damn needed service. So I thank you for that, Uh, and I appreciate you joining us here. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. You got anything to finish up there, Mr. Uh, Actually, Dr. Pay. Thank you very much. No, I'm just happy that you properly acknowledged me. That's what I'm doing, man. That's what I'm here for. Always happy to be here and be a part of the show. It's uh, springtime. It's May. Holy shit, it's going to be May. May. It is going to be May. Send them out. Shout out. That's how I know you were. Never mind. I'll fucking do some dance moves right now. Uh, (laughs) you, You would try. Your hips don't do what they used to, pal. I'm not secure anymore, but. They still work. <laughs> Fair enough. Nah, that's it for me. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go home and eat some red meat and think about how poorly I'm doing in life. Just gonna eat some red meat and piss off a vegan, teenagers. huh? <laughs> good, good, good God. Now good listen, God. you're doing a great thing. Thank you for coming on here. And um, if I could say anything to anyone right now, spend some more time outside. Yeah. 
Fucking take that. your ass to the Amazon, apparently. Walk a dog. Walk a dog. Make a dollar. Yeah. Fucking make a post somewhere. See if anyone in your neighborhood needs someone to walk their dog. Go walk their dog. You'll feel better. They'll feel better. The dog will feel better. Everybody's happy. Go walk a dog. Well, we'll shout it out one more time. Hey, what's the website? Firstlightwilderness.com. There it is. If you are interested, please check that out. Look, there's always people that need help. Nick, thank you for joining us, man. It truly, honestly, it's been a pleasure. This has been the longest running episode we've had so far because, and this could continue to go. So <laughs> yeah, we yeah. will definitely have you back. Let's go, Nick. Appreciate um, it. Thank you guys but, too, and also thank you guys for your service. No, well, thank you, man. But seriously, that's incredible. Thank you for what you do, Jerry. Anything else? You good? Adios. Hey, there it is. Hey, <laughs> everybody, have a great evening. Until next time.